Poppin', the Drew and Mike Show. Rolling for Wednesday from the Deals in the D.com studios. Carl's coming up from uh, Who Are These Podcasts? Mark and Brandon are here, and the show is presented by Hall Financial. Holidays can be expensive as people are finding out right now. Since credit card bills are coming in, maybe you've got high interest credit card debt, or maybe your liquidity is just not cutting it. Maybe it's tight every month, but if you own your own home, you can take cash out in a cash out refi with Hall Financial. Get the money you need now with a cash out refi. You get it fast, too, a couple weeks. Call Hall at 866-CALL-HALL or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com or Hall Financial. And I'll just quickly uh, mention, because they are the new kid in town, Ghost Budsters, our newest sponsor, and it's some really pretty premium stuff, according to everyone. I have heard nothing but praise, although where's their copy? It's in there. It is? Yeah. Uh, it better be in there. I hope it's in there. Hmm. Uh, it's a plant in the yeah, ground. Here it is. Here it is. I'm sorry. You can find Ghost Budsters at uh, Vibe All Location, King of Buds in Monroe, Information Entropy in Ann Arbor, Breeze in Hazel Park, Shango in Hazel Park, and many more. Ghost Budsters Cannabis. Ask for it by name. Where'd you get it, Brandon? The Dispo and Romeo. That's funny they didn't mention, although I guess we're going to get more locations as we go along. But they are a newest sponsor, and they're a Michigan. Caregiver-owned and operated by owners that actually work the garden and manage the operation to ensure quality. Yes, quality. That's what they have. That's why Ghost Budsters has won six Cannabis Cups Award, each crop meticulously hand-trimmed by actual growers that care and are passionate about their trade. Not grown by corporate SOPs, and their premium packaging ensures the product stays fresh. Ghost Budsters. Ask your oh, that uh, is nice. That is nice. Ask your provider for it. If they don't carry it, that's what they're hoping for is to get more people to carry Ghost Budsters, but it's getting rave reviews. Would you go to weed college? <laughs> uh wow, I was just getting ready to come down and I, I happen to catch this uh this headline. Trump leads Biden now. The newest poll, an Emerson poll, has Trump leading Biden oh forty four to forty one. Sweet. Thank day, you. When it was 44 or 41 the other way, I forgot whose poll it was. I was like, what? Really? Is that close? I wish they would stop polling people about these two two people because Biden's going to be 82. This election is now over. Well, we're only, what, 20 months away, so we got to start thinking about it now. Well, Biden will be 82. Trump will be 78. So are we? have we really pretty well determined that these two are going to be the two people, the best two people for this job? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just yeah. Can't. yeah, that's where we are. It's about what we deserve, right? He's an old timer, huh? Just look at him. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, just look at him. I mean, why, do, why don't they just run Santos and um, who <laughs> could they run from the other side? Yeah, AOC versus Santos. Why not? Wasn't it, don't you it, go dying on me. Would it make any difference? <laughs> I don't know if it would affect my life one iota. By the way, Inside Edition is rolling right now. And they have a George Santos story, but I don't know what the story's about, but then there was a shot of John Lovitz dressed like him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? Lovitz has been making the rounds, and yeah, he dressed up with uh, what, them. Why did that make me laugh so hard? Fallon John Lovitz dressed like him, yeah. yeah. Oh boy, is that a way for John Lovitz to find his way <laughs> back finally? I'm really mixed on John Lovitz, because nobody in the comedy community likes him. Why is he so unpopular? It's really weird. I don't know, but there, yeah. That Norm McDonald tennis story is one of the best stories ever. 
I love it. Where Norm beat him wearing jeans. Yeah, Norm clearly. Because <laughs> the love it's apparently takes tennis way too serious. It came through very clearly that Norm considers him to be a complete Asshole. ass. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pence says classified docs. Of That's the other big news. Who though. doesn't? And of course, of course, he, what he was, the fuck? plenty of clips of him saying that you know, like Biden, then just irresponsible. Yeah, how are, how horrible it is. I know exactly. <laughs> the, who's who's saying they're most horrible now that they haven't been found at their home? Because that's the next place to go look for. Them. I want Dan Quayle's garage and pole barn searched immediately. And, and we all know Dick Cheney has a million things hidden. I would assume the Clinton Library's got to be full of yeah. classified documents. And let's see. Well, Barack Obama. Oh, sure. Why not? Michelle Obama? Probably. <laughs> Michelle. God, oh, that's so stupid. It's so I stupid. agree. Um, anyway, there was some uh, some really interesting true crime news today as, you know, we haven't talked much about the Microsoft executive murder. No. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, I think, when uh, well, you brought it up one day, right? I just don't know. It seems like it'd be a really big story, and it seems like there are other stuff that just gets in the way. But the- I re- Refresh me on it, because all I remember is that he was driving with his two-year-old in the back, and he, there was a tire in the middle of the road, so he stopped his car, and that's where he was ambushed. And that that's all I remember, and then I remember that, yeah, we think the wife did it, but I don't remember why we think the wife did well, it. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it. I, I mean, it was so obvious immediately that someone put a tire in the road, so mm-hmm. he would get out, and someone was there waiting for him, and they shot him multiple times. Obviously, they they had to have him absolutely dead. He had just dropped off his 10-year-old twins at his ex-wife's place, they had a very contentious child custody thing going on about the twins. The yeah, two-year-old was with the new wife. She didn't pull the trigger. No, no. She so had why just... Did, why were we so convinced that she did it? Like, what was the... Well, who put the tire in there? It was right near her house, yeah. apparently, where he had just dropped them off. She also had uh, asked some guy at a tattoo parlor if she, if he knew anyone who could shut him up. Yeah. Okay, I remember that now. And they had a big custody battle over the twins. <laughs> Which got really ugly because apparently she was having an affair when they broke up. Yeah, she's still guilty then. And also she and her new husband lawyered up really fast with this hotshot criminal defense attorney. Yeah, and they weren't even officially suspects, but they lawyered up very quickly. And now she is moving out of Florida. She's moving 2,800 miles to Washington, almost as far away as you can possibly move. Smart. Just as they're saying uh, an indictment and a charge may be imminent. Now, her, her new husband did not move. Oh, really? I, so maybe he's not with uh, her because anymore. Because he doesn't want to cross into Canada. No, in fact, this girl's parents decided, hey, we're going to buy you a million-dollar house. Yeah, in Washington. They're, they're loaded. They're big, Wait. devout Mormons in uh, Utah. Do they live in Washington? No, they don't. Okay, she's totally going to Canada then, isn't she? Well, right. Well, she brought possible. the kids with her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Take I don't think she's run. gonna get far. I really don't. If she's trying to get away, and I, I gotta wonder too if the second husband is maybe gonna turn on her. If they, you don't want to split up oh. with somebody. If you planned a crime with someone, or you told them you do not want to break up. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. If he didn't make the, if he didn't travel, right? No, he's not move. moving with Cause, her. Because the big story today is that there's new information that the police have, and an arrest is imminent. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he did turn on her to save his own ass or whatever he knew knows or. Yeah, um, his name is, I think, George Fernandez. And I guess the Jared Bridegan, who the one who was shot, the Microsoft executive, he was not a big fan of the new husband. And I'm not, I didn't really 
get what the lowdown was there, but I I don't think he approved for some reason. That was part of it. Anyway, it's looks like something is going to happen. I don't know what. Sounds like a really bad idea to move 2,800 miles right before you're going to be indicted. You think so? It hasn't been this hard to say goodbye to a house since Hugh Laurie died. But we must. So many memories. Well, knowing the way things work, they're probably not watching her at all. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> doesn't always She's seem like... in Vancouver right now. What are you talking about? So, that's, that's a big deal. And then, this other story, this story is so disturbing to me on so many levels. This LSU sorority girl who was just bombed out drinking and she leaves the bar with four guys she doesn't know and the way the story originally came out was yeah they were uh, driving out this drunk LSU sorority check and one of the guys in the car by the way is 17 one of them's 18 she's a sophomore so I think she was 20 the other two guys one was 28 and one was 20. they didn't know each other before no. no, no, they had met at the bar, which is nothing like, well, how are these 17, 18 year olds drinking at the bar? You know, it's just, there's a lot of things funky about the story, but she's really, really bombed. Everyone agrees. Even people at the bar said, oh yeah, she was stumbling. She was a mess. And then she left with four strangers who drove around with her for a while. They dropped her off uh, on a busy street and she is promptly hit by a ride sharing vehicle and oh, killed. Jesus. So as if that's not bad enough. Uh, during the autopsy, they determined that, oh, there's a number of injuries consistent with anal sexual assault. What? And these guys were interviewed, and it turns out that the 17-year-old uh, says he got verbal consent for sex in the back seat and then had sex with her and then traded seats with the 18-year-old who then had sex with her oh. while the two guys were in front. The second guy as, that had sex with her, by the way, said the sex was really bad, like she was too oh, drunk. Oh, nice, nice insult. Yeah, I know. Oh, dead fish. And the third passenger said, Maybe she went in and wanted to lay a couple of guys, and it got out of hand. But I don't know, you know. It happens. Their story is full of shit. They think, it's, uh, they think this is a rape case. Yeah, and, and then they just decided to throw her in the middle of the road, and yeah. she got hit by a car and died. She's got a, had a .319 blood oh, alcohol God. level, wow. and now today... The, the attorney for the four guys says, no, nope, you nope. drank a lot. I've got something that's going to break this case wide open. We have a video no, that right. shows consent. So <laughs> apparently they videotaped the sex and the consent. Really? Of her drunkenly maybe saying, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, can you give, yeah, isn't the rule you can't give consent? If you're at a point three, there's no way you can give consent. Well, the second guy who had sex with her more or less acknowledged that she was incapable of giving consent and that the sex, the sex was, was had bad. no value whatsoever because yeah. she was completely out of it. So I, I don't know if this is going to make animals. any difference. But yeah, I know, isn't that, I mean, doesn't that story have everything really yeah, videotaping it? The fact that, oh, wow, we got this really hot chick and she's really, she was a beautiful, beautiful girl. I mean... She looks to me like a social media boner maker. Well, LSU. Yeah, I mean, she's she could be, uh, she's in the Olivia Dunn class, I would say. Yeah. She's really quite beautiful. I don't know how she ended up in this mess, why her friends, I don't blame anybody, but it just seems like someone lost track of her. I doubt she went to this bar all by herself. I'm going to go home with a 17-year-old. Who's yeah. the one kid, of course, that they show the other three suspects, but since he's a minor, uh, you know, we can't show him. Right. Anyway, yeah, this is going to be, oh, boy. A mess. It's just, and just horrible. I mean, she's dead. You mentioned, Hi, you, mentioned, you mentioned Olivia Dunn. Why is she everywhere, like, this week? Why is she on a media blitz? <laughs> the, story, the story of the Utah thing is, like, two weeks old. 
I don't know. She's selling well, out arenas. Well, that, she's well selling makes, arenas with boners. What it makes of course, me, she's news. Doesn't it seem like that happened? And she's like, "We got to capitalize on this." It does seem like it. I, she's doing I, an interview tour. She's everywhere. Oh my god! I just, I just what's Googled the her name. So, what's, if you just Google her name and look at the news, there's a million stories, and they're all. Oh, shows off stunning figure, new LSU leotard as she burns rubber on a scooter. <laughs> That's right. And uh, how gymnast Olivia Dunn turned TikTok into a seven-figure income. Olivia Dunn teaching her teammates new tricks. Olivia Dunn and Alina Arenas have jaws on the floor at LSU teammate reveal her curves. There's another ESPN article. There's a Fox News yep. article. Is there an there's interview a... somewhere we can watch? Well, the Today Show was the one and then Inside Edition. So maybe it's all stemming from the Today Show one, but... I just felt like, God, that Utah thing was like two weeks ago. Why is she oh, in this media blitz now? What's the story about the Kentucky? They said the crowd was under control at Kentucky. Is that well, because that's they hired security? Olivia Dunn has visited Kentucky, but this time the massive turnout not a story. are under control. <laughs> it's not a story. Why? Maybe that's because the, the, the boners showing up know that nobody's going to whip them off. You're not going to get pounded off by going. Or maybe security walking in and said, hey, no boners! <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? You man? can't get in with a boner. Yeah. <laughs> somebody we checked. either see a flat, flaccid penis or you're not getting in. <laughs> they had to go to the x-ray machine look for this little boner peeking. <laughs> so because of Olivia Dunn... <laughs> Let me touch it, make sure it's soft. All right, go, you're clear. So, you guys are putting fake soft wieners in their pants. They're tying Distracting. It because of Olivia Dunn, there was a boner liner. 20966 boner. Fake one. Who decided to send along... Uh, oh, American the, media personality? No, no, no. The Cavender twins, who are basketball players uh, in Miami. But aren't they hot? Yeah. They're, they're tw- boner-making, aren't they're they? They're twins, they're hot, and they have... I mean, I'll be have, the judge. Can they I have see? their own podcast. They have oh, well, let's over, hear that. over oh, $2 Jesus. million dollars worth of NIL deals. Carl, did you hear that? Let's hear their YouTube. <laughs> their YouTube channels right there, Brandon, if you scroll down. I kind of want to see their Instagram to see if they're in the boner-making business. Yeah, they have their own YouTube channel that has, uh, let's see, 83,000 subscribers. These are the Cavender Twins. Oh, they're poppers compared to Olivia. I know. They're kind of new. I, they're not They're not the they're, boner makers that she is. I, I'm just looking at them. I think they're, they could definitely create boners, but not at the Olivia Dunn level. Uh, you know what? I don't think they're as hot as you think. Watch. watch like When they start talking, they look really... Uh, well, let me show you the... Well, they're, they got killer bodies. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they can't make boners. I'm just saying I don't think on the... They're not going to have a boner army the size of no, Olivia Dunn's. Olivia close. Dunn's boner army would murder them yeah. in a war. I know, but... If I was in risk, I would attack... Uh, absolutely. Miami the Cavender Twins. LSU, yeah. But I would say the Cavender Twins are raising their own boner militia because they're trying, and here they are on Instagram. They're doing all the things the normal influencers oh. do, which is like, hey, look at my bunny. When I'm not playing basketball, I'm hot as fuck. Um, yeah... Like not, said, not not Olivia Dunn though. This their oh, their boner army. Close. Their boner army would surrender almost Get immediately. Out of here. Hey guys, our podcast Twin Talk is live. Go listen to the first episode. Oh, you know what? They're trying to be funny too. Yeah, I, I can them. tell I they're not already. funny. Olivia Dunn just tries to make boners. She's very focused. I want the, I want to see them play basketball against another set of twins. What's uh? Can they play against the Lopez brothers? <laughs> just get dominated. Don't act like you're so great at basketball. This is so stupid. Oh, yeah. We're influencers. Okay, so, oh, do you want to hate more uh, TikTok people and sure. Gen Z? Okay. Why not? I, highlight, I highlighted the story Z. and commented it, but I want you to read it because I like when you experience it fresh. Lucky girls. Uh, yeah, do you know about this? Determining that you're a lucky girl and then all the lucky things happen to you. Yeah, but read, read what they say. 
This is how it's supposed to work. Tell yourself that everything works out for you. The universe is rigged in your favor. You are the luckiest person. You have lucky girl syndrome. Or you're really hot and people give things to you and help you out. Well, does this happen for, for regular people or just for hot people? No, just for hot girl, young uh, well, Gen Z. TikTok why waste girl. the time telling yourself you're a lucky girl when you can just put out, you can just raise a boner army? You got to manifest it, Drew. Content creator Tam Cower is definitely a believer. The 22-year-old from Darby was feeling negative about work when she saw Lucky Girl Syndrome online and decided to adopt the lifestyle. It involves daily affirmations, telling herself she's lucky and everything works in her favor, and a gratitude and manifestation journal, which she fills with her ambitions. <laughs> At first, I was like, I didn't know about this. But the more I looked into it and figured out the meaning, which is believing you're the luckiest girl and you embody that and live that lifestyle... I realized it links to a lot of manifestation. What an idiot. She said positive results so far. Now, the funny thing is that they think this is something new. Yeah, yeah. This has been going on for centuries. The power of positive thinking? Yes, uh -huh. duh. Manifest no, it, it, baby. It helps you focus on uh, things that will make you more successful as opposed to just being... You know, a bump on the log, this bitching about me everything. Of Bella Thorne, when she first got anxiety, she said, "When I first got anxiety, anxiety became a thing." Yeah, <laughs> it started <laughs> with her. Fucking idiot! <laughs> Jesus. There was no anxiety until the mid two thousands. Drew, Tama dreamed of being a model. Was recently booked for a photo shoot. <laughs> wow! Because she, she's what? so lucky. Not because she's smoking hot. It has nothing to do with anything but her affirmations. What is lucky her name? girl syndrome. Tama. Tam Cower. K A U R. Damn cow Well, why doesn't she wish for a boner army? Because that's that's money in the that's bank. Co that's coming, you know. Oh, she's very pretty. Yeah. Well, she's also she's very good. lucky. I think she's going to be lucky. I predict she will be lucky. Oh, God, I hate people. I know, I do, too. I hate everyone. I wish Janice was all an of influencer. You. I don't really hate all of you. What a cruel trick that God is playing on us by <laughs> making very hot women very annoying. And very rich without doing anything but being hot. Like, I really hate uh, women, you know, age 18 to, say, 29. Like, I hate them. But, no, nobody, God, are they hot. I love looking at them. No, I don't think people really hated this particular group of people for any reason, but it's like we've That's all of a sudden been given all these reasons. Like, it, anyone who's not... Of that group. Once they started they uh, mouthing off. This is kind of <laughs> sick. They think they've earned everything they've seen girls do this. Yeah, no, well, they don't want to admit that they get things because they're attractive. Yeah. Um, now, that's not the only reason, but that's a big reason for these Instagram. Well, no, for the Instagram, it is the only reason. One of the things I read about Olivia Dunn is what a brilliant, <laughs> it's hard to say, what a brilliant business person she is. <laughs> Her brand is on the rise. <laughs> well, she is. She's everywhere now. So, so maybe she is. So she must probably has her MBA already, I'm sure. Ugh. Masters of Boner. Uh, <laughs> boner Administration. Army. Yeah, Master of Boner, boner Army. Army. Commander. <laughs> That's her MBA. Uh, I have to admit, I really like attractive girls this age who aren't trying to get Boner Armies, who really kind of go, oh, I can't do that. Because it says to me something about them, and I'm not calling them all trash or anything. Who, I mean, who can criticize someone who has that easy a path to everything in life? Oh, I'm. How, no. how can, it's hard to criticize them. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of people would do the same thing. I just want to. Same be, with OnlyFans. I just, I have no problem with that. I just want them to be a little more self aware. <laughs> that would be nice. And I, know and I think it could start by them just reading all their comments of, oh my God, that pooper, and, uh, you know, all those creepy ones. <laughs> I, don't your, I don't think it's your business acumen. It might be 
you know, the <laughs> fact that your pooper is really good looking. <laughs> your pooper. Oh, can I drink your bath water? Oh, oh. My face is your toilet. Gross. <laughs> guys. And my face is your toilet. Who are these guys going on their Instagrams every day and going, bake, 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 simps? A lot of them are fake. A lot of them are bald. Oh, are they? Well, yeah. Remember that big documentary we watched about Instagram and how yeah. they're all, it's all bullshit. Why well, does Instagram I, get like thousands more likes than any other social media? I guess I'm not sure. You know, with the Kardashians, I did this one day. I just went to their Instagrams. And I'm like, what are they doing? I mean, it seems like it would get boring. And then I realized it was way more boring than I thought because <laughs> all they do is fire advertisements at you. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that. And to me, that's even more of a path to obscurity, telling people to buy shit all the time. Yep. Yep. But it uh, must work. Yeah, it does. Who was in charge of the purchasing for those advertisements? Can I see the return of investment? Yeah, again? you got to wonder. Well, um, I think everyone after the fire Festival said, oh, my God, look how influential they really are. They can make people spend money on dumb things. They no, they influence yeah. dumb people. Is that what it is? Are they are the influencers of dumb people? Well, those are the best people to influence, Drew. <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess. Hey, look who's on the TV now. Yeah, see, oh. told you. Crank it up. It's Olivia Dunn. Indiana State's stadium in Baton Rouge. The oh, pause it. Is okay, I'm, I'm going to predict. Is this where um, they pack the stadium just to um, support the rest of the team? and gets around on a scooter. But it didn't stop her from cheering on her teammates. Pumping up the crowd and shouting from the sidelines. Oh, she's making it all about yourself. Look at her go, literally hopping oh, she's on limping. Oh, my God. A great routine. She looks great. Hurt. She looked great limping, by the way. She did. <laughs> look at that. All guys. No girls. All guys. There's not a girl in that stadium. No, they all need haircuts, too. Image of her. Olivia asked her rowdy fans to be more respectful, and maybe they got the message because the night we were there, they behaved themselves. They can't get enough of Livy online. Yeah. She amassed Ooh, nearly hot. 10 million follows on social media platforms and makes no apologies for her sexy posts. As a woman, you're not responsible for how a man looks at you and objectifies you. That's not a woman's responsibility. Liv's not trying to create right. a bunch of controversy. Well, what, but when you put up boner making videos happen. constantly, yeah. then yeah, you are you're playing All she's into gonna it. do is take pictures of her titties and put it on Twitter. Just inked a 2.3 I, I don't know, that article really annoyed me, or the interview, rather, annoyed me more when I heard it the second time, because this whole thing, she puts up videos of behind-the-scenes things with her teammates and dance videos and the occasional. It's like, not the occasional? What are you talking about? Why are they lying? No, and, and Why I, are they lying? Because a woman is making money, and, and if they, they suggest that it's anything boner-related, then it's going to make it less credible? Well, no, because you're not supposed to look at her for her her beauty, right? And for how hot she looks. You're I have to like be... so many followers on Instagram. You guys really don't want to like mess with me. You're well, supposed to admire her, her gymnastics. Why don't they put Stephanie Gosk's body on her in all her videos and see how well they do? <laughs> well, let's see Stephanie Gosk's Instagram. <laughs> well, she's not Olivia Dunn. Exactly. Let's just put Olivia Stephanie Gosk's body on her and see how well it does. See if it still gets all the likes and the comments and. <laughs> Oh man, Stephanie Gosk only has eleven thousand followers. Oh God! I mean, the, sexy pictures of I, her. I hate to keep bringing up Janice Ian because I think she's really cool, but <laughs> she doesn't pass the Janice Ian test. I'm sorry, she never will. Well, unless she 
gets a lot older. She might pass. But anyway, uh, I want to go back to true crime for a second because um, last night they they started. Uh, I think it's um, it's it's a series on idea about uh, being murdered for fame. I know is that what it's called? Show. Murdered for fame. Murdered. Being murdered for fame. Being, being murdered for fame. <laughs> and then they had uh, the Playboy Murders is running after that. Okay. At ten o'clock, and they did the story last night about uh, Jasmine Fiore, who was this. I, you know, I, I kind of forgotten this, but in the in the aughts, Playboy, probably because we're getting away from magazines, they started having, you know, all these sort of modeling crews that traveled around yeah. and through parties, and then they had their cyber girl of the week, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, they were trying to go digital, so there were, all of a sudden, we were just swarmed with Playboy models. Yeah, that's when, like, uh, 13% of the population said they were in Playboy models. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anyway, uh, Jasmine is a girl that grew up, I think, in San Diego, and she had a single mom, and mother struggled, but uh, her daughter Jasmine was was very driven, I guess, and she was very hot. She wanted to be a model, and she got new tits, and she went to Vegas, and all of a sudden, she's dating these super rich guys, and what else was she doing? Uh, she would do... She would go to parties where they would have her body be painted. Oh, yeah. So she'd okay. be nude, and they'd have her body painted at a party, and she'd get paid a lot of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she was an influencer, too, I guess, in a way. Anyway. Was she, was uh, she one of those nude sushi models, too? Probably. So she's sort of in this um, parallel world with a guy named Ryan Jenkins, who is also, he's from Canada, but he's in Vegas, and, and he's trying to become famous. And, uh, and of course, he really is into Playboy models, so he's going to go on this reality show with another Playboy model named Megan Hauser, who's doing a show, Megan, oh. Megan Wants a Millionaire. Yeah. And he's shooting this show, and Megan falls in love with Ryan, who's kind of a, I don't know, he's kind of a phony. Everybody said that he didn't have any money. He was not a millionaire. His father was really rich. He claimed that he was president of a real estate development company, but actually his father was. And he didn't have any money. Uh, he, did, he did have a BMW, and he, he had his pilot's license, and he taught flying. My Clark would have loved him. <laughs> but anyway, after the show, which he was supposed to win, she was calling him every night and telling him, I'm really crazy about you. I don't care about these other guys. And then the show told, told her that he doesn't have any money, so you can't pick him. So she had to eliminate him as third place. And he went to Vegas kind of heartbroken, but then he met Jasmine Fiore, the driven Playboy model from San Diego, who was so blown away that they had the same birth date. They were born <laughs> the same day. And so in kind of a Mazian move, they got no married way. two days after they met because they just thought it was meant to be oh my because of their birthdays. Wow. You know, it's so stupid. Oh, boy. So <laughs> they have a very contentious relationship because... Jasmine stays in touch with all her ex-boyfriends who are all super-duper rich and have private planes and stuff. And even though she's madly in love with Ryan, our friends say that, well, she says now that he's starting to get verbally and physically abusive and he gets arrested punching her at a Vegas pool and on and on and on. So um, Ryan, they're they're sort of in this this weird zone. The show hasn't aired. The Megan Wants a Millionaire hasn't remember, aired yet. Do you remember her? I, we interviewed her. She used to be on Beauty and the Geek. Too. Yeah, she was she's on a very, ton of shows. Very likable. Yeah. yeah, she is. And she's very beautiful, too. 
So Ryan lands another gig on a, a show called I Love Money Season Four. <laughs> and can we? I don't know what that's about. Can we bring it back though? Yeah, I want to be on that show. <laughs> well, in Mexico, he wins the show. By the way, he, he does two hundred fifty grand, and all well, of a sudden, Jason wants him back. I like money because he likes money the most. <laughs> I guess so. The whole time he's there, he's begging Jasmine to get back together. I love you. You're the key to my happiness. And just love bombs her. He wins the 250, and all of a sudden she's a little more interested. But uh, before Ryan got back, well, he didn't know this at the time, but Jasmine went on vacation with one of her exes to one of those fancy islands. And She should have won I Like Money. (laughs) She should have. Anyway, just contentious, messy. You know, they can't live without each other, but she has to be with her exes, and he, she catches him in bed with some girl, and it's crazy, Ooh. but he's really just nuts about her. And finally, um, he's taking her. They're back together, kind of, mm-hmm. and they go to a poker tournament in San Diego. And they go out. They go to a, a couple clubs. Everyone at the clubs reports that, oh, they're fighting nonstop. And it turns out that, I mean, they're fighting to the point that everyone around them was like, what is going on with these two? Oh, awkward. Too bad someone wasn't there to go, hey, guys, calm down. You guys have the same birthday. <laughs> I know if only Maz had been there. That means so much to everybody. So Jasmine, it turns out, the whole night, is texting her ex-boyfriend, Ooh. telling him, send a plane to pick me up. I'm sick of Ryan. Send a plane. Yeah, he's apparently really, 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 really rich. God. He really likes money. So she's done with Ryan. And so this guy who's you about... No, it sounds wonderful, like having your own plane until some drunk idiot texts you from San Diego. <laughs> Send a plane. I'm done with Ryan. No, and she's bombed. And she's with the guy. So she had just dumped this guy to go back to Ryan, too. Send a plane. <laughs> what? Did he send the plane? Well, he didn't because all of a sudden, after all this, these texts begging him to bail her out, she gets one text that says, Hey, suck it. Because Ryan got her phone and read the texts. Suck it? Sends a text that says, suck it. Burn facial, suck it. Good one, dude. So they were they go to another club. They return to the hotel alone. He returns to the hotel alone. Mm-hmm. The surveillance shows him entering the room alone, running to the room. So all we know is that a couple days later, he reports Jasmine missing, and it appears from the hotel that he got her to come in through the patio door window. I probably should have left a trail of breadcrumbs. (laughs) (laughs) And murdered her in the room and cut off all her fingers and took out all her teeth. Yeah, you you don't want to be tracked. Wow, that was a good move. When he dumped the body. And they believe he flushed her fingers down the toilet. Oh, God. Yeah. What do you do with the teeth? Uh, they found some of the broken pieces of broken teeth were in her mouth, and Jesus. the rest of them he dumped. He went on this. Uh, he went on a drive after he checked out of the hotel without a suitcase. It's crazy. He's carrying all his clothes and his boombox. He's like his arms are just full of shit as he's leaving because he's got no suitcase. Someone stole his suitcase. Oh yeah, because that's a thing that happens. Yeah, people she's, steal an empty suitcase. She's in the suitcase. Yeah, of course she is. And yeah. suitcase is a bad move. As a murder, murder consultant, I cannot recommend. Although I'm amazed, is it a bad people, move? It seems to happen a lot. I know, but it just seems like it's always somebody picks it up and goes, "Wow, what's in there? A fucking body?" Worked for Dahmer, like a cabbie. Yeah, da- wasn't it Dahmer that had somebody in a body? The guy was, "God, what do you got in there, a body?" Yeah, but he made it out. He did. You're right. Well, they did that with. Uh, I mean, the guy wasn't dead, but uh, Carlos Gozen. Remember when he left? Oh, him, that's like, right. What's in yeah. here, a body? Yeah. What's in here? A hot little 120 uh, pound chick. 
Anyway, uh, so he reports her missing. He dumps her car at her apartment, I believe, and he goes home. He takes off for Lake Mead in his BMW X5, and he picks up his boat. Oh. And he drives to Washington, oh. hmm. and he gets in his boat, and he takes off for Canada. Cool. In his boat. Okay. And at one point, the Coast Guard actually go, what is that speedboat doing in the, out here? What the? F-? And he gets away from the Coast Guard. Really? Yeah. Because he had a super fast coat. Meanwhile, they found blood and hair on the patio at the hotel room. I mean, they, they know what's going on. They find her body. They find the suitcase. They know what's up. And he is a... Uh, He's an internationally wanted man, and somehow he gets to, let's see, was he drove north to North Washington, and he drove the boat to Canada to Point Harbor to British Columbia, where he dumped the boat, and on foot, somehow, all they know is that he hooked up with some blonde girl who drove into the Thunderbird Motel with him. Hmm. I'm sorry, I don't speak Canadian. How does this guy phone? Is he that hot? Yeah, he's so hot. Yeah, chicks do dig him. He does seem to land chicks. And she pays for three nights. Wow. And some people feel, some people are saying, that it's his his half-sister who lives in Vancouver. But his half-sister, I guess his half-sister could like him. She could want him. When was, technically. uh, How close were their birthdays, though? I don't know. That's a great question. We should look that up. Anyway, three days later, the manager goes in because he hasn't checked out of the room and he's hung himself and left a suicide note, which blames Jasmine for everything. Of course, yeah. Jasmine had only stopped fooling around. She was the key to my happiness. It's all her fault. We had the same birthday. (laughs) And she threw it away. Now what I didn't Suck it. what I didn't realize cuz you know he was the winner of Suck season it. 3 of I like Mo- I love money. <laughs> oh, did I get the season wrong? Well, no. I know no. they said he won $250,000 for winning I love money season 4, but he won season 3 too. He won season three. He oh, was, that's the one that's canceled. It never aired. Yeah, what happened was it was done in the can. They were going to debut it in January, but he killed this girl a couple months before, so VH1 had to scrap the whole season. They also had to scrap Megan Wants a Millionaire because three episodes had run when he became a wanted man, so they didn't finish the series. Did, did she, uh, Way to throw did, a wrench in VH1 programming, Jenkins. More importantly, did Megan ever find the millionaire? I don't think she did because what? M- Megan blames her career floundering on him. Really? She yeah. should sue his estate. <laughs> She's connected to him. And that she, boat. I didn't really follow, I think was more a case of her getting older and maybe not being as desirable for all these shows. Three episodes aired before they yanked it. Megan wants a millionaire. Does she have an Instagram now? Oh, Megan was on, like I I used to really like probably her. Is, no, she looked great on the TV show. She's also um she was on Rock of Love yeah. and uh what was it? <laughs> Beauty and the Geek is where we first met her. <laughs> These people on these show after show That's after show. That's a bad show. picture over there, man. Wait, what this else is she? This is Megan Hauserman. She was on Rock of Love Charm School, too. Rock she, of was on I, she was on I Love Money. She was a VH1 staple. Back when VH1 <laughs> fucking ruled. When was the last time you put on VH1? It's been a long time. Actually, to that point, when was the last time you put on MTV? If I want to watch Ridiculousness. <laughs> MTV movie, Music Awards or Movie Awards or whatever it is. It's probably once a year. Isn't that crazy? No, it's totally crazy. Look at the guide for MTV right now. I bet it's nothing but ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Let me see. What is on what's on VH1? What do they do now? I I don't know. I don't know why they don't rerun like 2005. Just rerun the whole year. Well, maybe they do better. 
2005 couldn't exist today. So Catfish <laughs> is on right now, followed by Teen Mom Family oh, Reunion. Is, Catfish is good. Uh, about eight episodes of that. Yeah, Catfish is a staple. But they do, they run, they'll run like the show 20 times in a row, and then they'll run another show 20 times in a row, and then they'll run Ridiculousness for a week. Yeah, here's 10 p.m. Ridiculousness, 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 Ridiculousness. Uh, on, well, on, that's on, like VH1's underneath it. That's almost as bad because it just Martin, said Nick Martin, Cannon, Martin, Martin, Nick Martin, Martin, Cannon, Martin. Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon, Martin, 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 Martin. <laughs> then the look, fresh at, look at how many times they run in a row. Yeah, they have an 11 hour block. They have 24 hours and they have three shows. Yep. What else is on VH1? Wow. I did Fresh you know. Prince of Bel-Air, Martin. It looks like they went to, <laughs> towards retro what 90s that, what shows. What does it have to do with music? Nothing. I don't know. Nothing. They rebrand? They, they used to have the best reality TV. Yeah, I the love, Wayans Brothers. I love bringing back the band. That's the last time I watched VH1 was oh, when, yeah. I, when I went into YouTube because I wanted to see, it said something about the alarm, we're on bring back the band, yeah. and so I... I a reunite the band. Well, so watch that. That led me to watch a reunite the band for like six other bands. Remember they had all the behind the musics too. Yeah, those were great. And the unplugs on MTV were great. I should be running in uh, VH1 or MTV. Just bring back all those shows. That just programming's re- garbage. Just redo it. Why not just redo all? Of I don't know. I honestly, I have no idea. It must not work. I mean, I can't imagine why they would have just. Just let all these things go hey, all at hey, once. I'm a white male in the 25 to 54 demographic. We have purchasing power. We would watch that. Yeah, it doesn't. I, Although I mean, we're maybe, not women. Maybe women. Ridiculousness women. is the most popular show in the world, for all I know. I don't I don't know. Well, didn't someone tell us that uh, they run it a lot because it's like, uh, what do they say? It's you cheap. YouTube for older people yeah. that don't want to go on YouTube and watch <laughs> all the crazy videos. Fodder. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Really? I think it's on late at night because people will get home and get really high and just start watching it. I can't I imagine I mean, it pulls any ratings. Do they need the girl laughing on the couch? Is that really critical? <laughs> yeah, to ridiculousness? Yeah, yeah, inclusiveness. Okay. Well, there's just two white people. That's not well, they got to have a woman, though, for, her pers- for the female perspective of a guy getting hit in the nuts. She just laughs at everything. She has nothing. Um, our friends at Zach Reiser Jeep Dodge Ram love this time of year. The season is changing. It feels like it's time for something shiny and new. Whether you're looking f- to lease or purchase a new vehicle, head to Zach Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram now. Plus, they've got the best Google ratings and pricing in the D. And their inventory is also one of the largest runs and getting bigger all the time. So be sure to find the car of your dreams in stock at Zot Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. If not, Jeff Schneider or Thad Zot will custom order your new ride and get you just what you want. Go to any of the the uh, Zot locations, uh, it's Ram Power Days at all three, Highland, White Lake, and New Hudson, where you can lease a new 22 Ram 1500 at $449 a month or a new 22 Jeep Compass for just $299 a month. And when you order a new vehicle, get $500 in Mopar accessories. Finally, there's no better place to turn to turn in your lease than Zot because all the extra equity from your current vehicle gets put down to lower your payment on the new one. Get details and surf their sexy inventory at dealsnad.com. And uh, our legacy friends are saving people money all the time. And, of course, they do specialize in small business insurance, but all business insurance. They love large businesses, too. They just wanted to emphasize small because there were so many new small businesses, and they do handle business insurance. And if you're getting close to Medicare, they can help you negotiate your way into Medicare if you don't want to. It is a hassle, and a lot of people don't do well with details like me. So um, then there is, of course, the regular auto and home insurance They're independent. They shop all the carriers, which is why they save people so much money. 
So call and uh, get have some bids for home, for auto, for whatever. 586-209-4106 for Legacy Partners. 586-209-4106. And Lady Jane's from award-winning experience, award-winning haircut. And register for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to win a down payment on your dream home from Lady Jane's. They're open seven days a week. You can walk in any time at Lady Jane's where it's wicked awesome. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, you know what? The Oscar nominations came out today. That's fresh news. I guess we should... Uh, yeah. I don't know any of the movies. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, there's like five really good movies. One of the nominated. best movies that's ever been made is nominated, so I don't know what you're talking Avatar? about. Avatar? Avatar? How about this? Oh, yeah, I, I saw Tom Cruise's, or nominated for Best Picture, but... Y- Once again, this is really, really fun to watch, but what a stupid plot. I know, it's totally dumb. Shut up. You like that plot? The movie was great, what are you talking about? That wasn't the question, did you like the plot? Yeah, it was fucking cool, man. The Tom plot, Cruise. That plot was cool. The plot's made for people like Brandon. I don't know. And how a rooster <laughs> have to get in their airplanes, and they had to kill a whole bunch of people. It's awesome. The plane, the, that, that movie would have been a lot better if it was just the flying scenes. Well, but I know you it did you, get a nomination. You like the, lo- but you like the love scenes. Here's the, here, the thing that's so dumb is they nominate like ten films for Best Picture now. It just goes on and on and on. It's ridiculous. The Banshees of Inisherin. That movie got sucked. Nine nominations. The movie is awesome. It's All Quiet on the movie. Western Front got nine nominations. Another great movie. Good. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once got eleven nominations. Oh, sweet movie. Is the, what's the Banshees of Inisherin about? It's, That's the guy. There's no story in the entire movie. What are you talking about? There's no story there. It, Have you seen it? Yeah, and it's anticlimactic and big oh, deal. I'm not your friend anymore. Why? That's the whole movie. It's very existential. Oh boy, Bentley, sounds, Bentley sounds and I so love it. So deep. No, it's not. It's so. Oh, and good luck. And good luck watching it without having to put on closed caption because they all look like that from Dublin. You know what I put on that's nominated for Do, best picture? Have you picture? ever seen In Bruges? The movie? Yes. Did you like it? It was okay. Yeah. So the same guy, the same writer and director. Got back with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson to do this movie. Yeah, so it's got a I, similar feel. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like the feel of the movie, but I didn't. I wasn't crazy about the, the movie. Go back to Dublin and find yourself a bottle to crawl into. I turned on one of the nominated movies for Best Picture, The Fablemans. Oh God, that movie sounds awful. It's, it's terrible. It's just horrible. Yeah. Did they have to nominate every Steven Spielberg movie? Is that well, a law? Yeah. You know why, right? This is his autobiography. It's about me. His magnum. Well, he's boring. His magnum opus. He's just fucking boring. Yeah. Uh, Tars nominated. Looks pretty fucking boring. Yeah. Women talking. How could that be anything but boring? Sorry. <laughs> 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 yes, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You sure. know who wouldn't see that? That iHor guy from Westland. <laughs> when is modern science going to find a cure for a woman's mouth? You know what I'm talking about? This guy right here? By the way, I yeah. don't take no orders from no women. Triangle of Sadness. Now, there's a movie I got to see. Have you seen the, Man! Have you seen the trailer for it? No, I have not. Sad. Actually, looks, it looks pretty interesting. Oh, there's please. a pretty, pretty. Are you going to sell me on Triangle of Sadness? You don't even know what it's about. You're basing Tri- it on what the, you, title. the title. If it's not anything close to the title, why do they call it something so blitheringly horrible? Triangle of Sad. Sadness? Who wants to watch a Triangle of Sadness? The official trailer looks kind of cool. Just Some still. old bag throwing up in the trailer. <laughs> that's that's what I was going to say. There, it's, she's puking. The, the, most of the talk about it is the infamous puke scene, because it's these really spoiled rich people on a boat. <laughs> and one of them is like, they're like a model and an influencer, right? Oh, God. So there, there's all these hateable people, and they're among all these wealthy people. <laughs> and? Well, I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen the movie, but in the trailer, it seems like the boat 
undergoes a, a huge ordeal where everyone throws up and then they become kind of crashed on an island. Oh, sounds like a great one. And uh, I, I believe the captain is Woody Harrelson. Well, bloop. isn't that like, um, what you want to call it? The, uh, the plane crash on the mountain movie, but on a an island? Alive. Yeah, but this is supposed to be a black. This is just alive in a boat. This is a black comedy. It doesn't sound very funny to me. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Well, uh, I'll give it a try, I guess. And then, of course, the worst thing in the world happened. Again! How does it happen? All the director nominees are men! Oh, no! <laughs> no! I didn't even know that. So why don't they just allow men not to be nominated for director? Instead of bitching year oh. after year after year after year. No, it's, let's it's, just nominate only women's movies. No, it's clear. We need the Oscars and the W Oscars. Is it possible that men are better directors or more men direct movies? Is that possible? Why don't we just have a league of uh, women awards? Yeah, w, w, yeah, w, yeah, w Oscars. W Oscars. The Oscars. The Oscars. Yeah. Why, Why not? not? The Oscars. Why not? I, well, you know, in Britain, they changed all the awards so it's not actor or actress because Sam Smith said, there's too much emphasis on gender. Sam so Smith. guess what? Harry Styles wins every fucking thing. And now they're bitching. Because nobody well, gets Harry awards. Styles wins everything. What good is that? No women win anything. Why don't they just have the non-Harry Styles award for even, the singer? Even Sam Smith is bitching and he got his way. What the fuck? Can you just, some of these people just shut up. And by the way, Sam Smith says, the awards are for the children who are looking to, to say that I can do that. No, they're not. That's No, they're not. They're Nobody the watches that, it. They're, they're for, for the yourself. people that won them. Yeah, they're for yourself. The awards are for the children. That's what he said. <laughs> what is he? he said, Remember, if you don't see someone that looks like you winning an award, then you'll never want to win an award. Remember when he was just that... Stay with me, guy. Like yeah. and everyone's like, oh, that poor man. And now he's just so flamboyantly over the top out of there. And everyone's he's like, getting really oh, fat. I don't know about this anymore. He's well, starting the, to look like Adele. He really fucked up the Brit Awards because they they did. Okay, Sam Smith wants to do it, so we have to do it. And then he complains because, oh, my God, only guys are nominated. And the guys keep winning. Imagine that. Maybe we need to have the Sam Smith Awards along with the Waskers. Yeah, let's let's do that. Can we just eliminate the director's category? I'm sick of reading about it. I'm sick of who is it? Natalie Portman. Yeah. And here all the here's the all men nominated directors award. Uh, they really make it seem like the directors did something wrong. What? Uh, who do you think we'd have more viewers? The Oscars or the Waskers? The Oscars. I think so too. <laughs> I'm not I just so saying. I mean, we already know women talking is going to win the Waskers, right? Probably. Viola Davis got snubbed. What? Yes, that's why we need the Waskers. Women King was shut out because of the racist Academy. It's funny people okay, kiss now the. We, now we need the Bloskers too. I guess so. <laughs> people kiss the Academy's ass all night, and then oh my God, the racist Academy! They shut out Women King. And Brad Brad Pitt was snubbed too for Babylon. Ooh. Well, no one cares. Fuck him. He's yeah, that's right. He beat up uh, Angelina Jolie exactly. on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Elvis guy was nominated. The actor. I know. Austin I heard Butler. him. T I heard him talking like about the. Um, Hold on the a award. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying I got nominated, man? Yeah, and he was still doing the fucking accent, and he's acting like he was married to um, Lisa Marie Presley now, like or like Lisa Marie's his mom. It's really awkward. I know. I hate it when they act as if they're so. We're so connected because I played your father in a movie. I pretended to be your dad for two hours, so we're so connected. I know. <laughs> Colin Farrell was nominated. So good. Uh, Bill Nagy, Nagy for living. However you say that name, no idea who that is. Um, You'd know him if you saw him. He's in that Christmas movie that Paul, that um, Chris Matthews loves. Uh, oh. <laughs> Love actually. Yeah, he's the guy that has the hit record for Christmas. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. 
I don't think on. I will ever see Love Actually. Well, if you want to cheat your children out of a good Christmas movie, go ahead. Nah, nah. It's a great Hugh Grant um, vehicle. For song, Lady Gaga was nominated for Hold My Hand. And David Byrne was nominated. Oh, really? So kind of cool. Yeah. And other than that, I don't, I don't know any of the movies. I don't even know why I'm talking about it. I should just be talking to Carl. But uh, let me just mention first, as we'll be on the Hall Financial Zoom line with Carl in just a moment. But first, Dr. Yaldo wants to remind you that uh, if you would just call or go to the website, yaldoeyecenter.com, or call 800-398-EYES and make an appointment, maybe you can get the kind of vision you haven't had for years, and maybe you can unload the glasses and the contacts and all the garbage. In fact, you can save $1,500 just for mentioning the Drew and Mike show when you go to Dr. Yaldo if you're getting LASIK. And there's also lens replacement and so many, so many success stories, uh, and people are so happy with their vision, too, and so happy so quickly, too. So just reminding you, when you get to the point where you're so frustrated with contacts, glasses, or reading glasses, that you decide to do something about it, and hopefully that's what uh, many of you will do, uh, call Dr. Yaldo at 800-398-EYES or go to yaldoeyecenter.com. And uh, Luke Nowacki is doing his thing over Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. Uh, if you're making a big financial decision or if you just don't have a financial plan and you know you should because you've got young kids or you're getting ready to pay for college or whatever it is, Call Luke and allow him and his team at MFC Pinnacle Wealth Strategies to help you plan for your future financial goals today and into the future. Call Luke at 248-663-4748 for a complimentary consultation to see if your plan aligns with your goals. Security Investment Advisory Services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRASIPC, Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated. Several of other entities are marketing services here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates. And Hall Financial presents... Carl on the Hall Financial Zoom line. Carl, what's going on? What's happening, Drew? Well, I'm excited. Uh, we're going to hear about uh, Meghan Markle and Howard Stern. What a combination. <laughs> what a pile of hatred that they is. They should host right a now. show together. <laughs> they, they would probably love it. Oh, God. Oh, they're definitely both on the same team at this point. You know, the reason why I brought Howard Stern today is because, as you know, on our Patreon, Brandon's a member. I know Drew Lane's a member of our Patreon. I appreciate that. Of course. Are you member shaming me? Hey. Yes. It might work. <laughs> let's let's get the word of Trudy as well. It's been a lot of but content. I'll say that. It's a lot of content. And recently we broke down the Pelican brief. Oh, yeah. And that was this meeting that Howard did three or ten years ago. And basically Gary Delabate, a.k.a. Baba Booey, his job is to book the celebrity guests. And Howard really laid into him without laying into him in this meeting because he let it be known they're not getting enough celebrity guests. They're failing at that. They need everybody to pitch in in order to get celebrity guests. So on this recent episode, Howard stumbles across this podcast, and it's a podcast called Real Ones with John Bernthal. John Bernthal was on the very first season of The Walking Dead. And he has his guest on Norman Reedus, who plays Daryl mm -hmm. on The Walking Dead. And they have a whole discussion around the fact that Norman Reedus is a huge Howard Stern fan and never got to go on the show. Meanwhile, all these other guys from Walking Dead got to do his show multiple times because Howard's a huge Walking Dead fan. So Howard sees this and he goes, oh, no. I have to explain now why Norman Reedus wasn't on my show. And it's funny, Drew, because there's a few layers here. It starts off with Howard admitting why he wasn't on the show. 
Then he's going to throw Gary into the bus, and then Robin's <laughs> going to get very confused. All right? So I'm just going to set all of this up on how this works out. So track number four, this is Howard explaining why he never did have Norman Reedus on the show. It turns out Norman Reedus and John Barathol are big fans of mine, and Norman Reedus has this horrible story about how he loves me so much and I never let him on this show. Never had him what? on. What? What yeah, was and I was story? listening. I, and, and the reason I never had Norman Reedus on was like, I guess in a way I bought into his character. I said, he's just like the quiet sort of guy on, what are you going to interview the quiet guy on Walking Dead who walks around with like a bow and arrow and shoots people in the head? I mean, I don't know. Does he not know how acting works? Yeah. That's the dumbest excuse I've ever heard. I don't know. I, based on his character, I thought he'd be a boring interview. It sounds like you didn't want to have him on to me. I don't think he knows. I, I don't think he knows enough about him. Then, if that's, I mean, if that's the case. So apparently, this guy was trying to get on Howard's show, and Howard just kept saying, "I don't want to talk to that guy." And if that's the reason, because he thought that his character was his actual personality, that's bizarre. Yeah. Howard should know better. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> but yeah, either way, they play a clip from that podcast where you know John Bernthal and Norman Reedus are saying how Howard didn't want him on the show and you just heard Howard say he didn't want him on the show but now he needs to change that <laughs> so now he's going to throw Gary out of the bus track number five is where this starts and then I was listening to this this discussion about me and then I got angry with Baba Booey because Baba Booey his job is to like for some reason, everyone seems to think Baba Booey's good at talking to celebrities. I think he's a disaster when he talks to <laughs> Why celebrities. Why do you say that? Because he's supposed to protect me. Yeah. He's supposed to be the guy. You know, Gary's job is to go basically say, listen, man, Howard isn't even in on the decisions on who comes on the show. Howard doesn't know what's going on. I'm the guy keeping you off the show. I don't think you're right for the show. That Gary. Gary's supposed to take the hit. That's Gary. the only reason I Howard. got this guy. Hold on. Excuse me. Does Howard really think anyone would believe that he has nothing to do with whose book? He just goes, oh, who'd you get today? That's what's so funny about this, Drew, is that if he does think that, he's ruining it right now. <laughs> he's yeah. literally saying, I tell Gary to say that it's his fault that certain celebrities aren't allowed on the show. I tell him I have no say in it. No one that's would, what Gary's supposed to say. No but if you know Howard no and Gary's relationship, you know that would never be the case anyway. Howard would never trust him. He just said he does a shit job. He's the host right. of the show, right? He has final say. Yes. Yeah, he's the executive editor of his own so, show. So in Howard's mind, he thinks that Gary said, listen, we don't want you. Howard doesn't want you, which is a cardinal sin because Howard never wants to be the bad guy. He wants to be friends with all celebrities. Well, see, now, now in a weird way, he's making Gary take the fall. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. He makes Gary take the fall very methodically in front of anyone with half a brain who's listening to the show. So this is my track number six. They started off by playing a clip from that podcast, Real Ones, where they're I talking about I ran into Baba Booey at the White House. Wow, wow, wow. What was that? Uh, at the uh, uh, White House Correspondence. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we talked for a second. And, yeah. uh, you know, and it. And then my publicist, I was like, oh, yeah, I spoke to Baba Booey. And Howard does not want you on his show. <laughs> Why? Just just doesn't want him on the show. I'm like, oh, dude, you know. Um, it's funny that Howard's playing clips from podcasts. How many times do you ever say, who makes money on a podcast? Oh, my God, what a waste of time. He the said it a million times. Is, he was saying it a year ago. 
Drew, I found this podcast. It has hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. I can't imagine how many more listens and downloads it has. It probably has been heard by more people than the Howard Stern show. <laughs> so that's kind of funny how that's turned on him. Uh, yeah. In fact, are you not shocked? Does Howard, does he not have a podcast of his show? No, a podcast. That's incredible. Sure. No, it all goes to the Sirius XM app. app. Yeah. But why don't well, they have a podcast somewhere along in there that Sirius gets credit for? I mean, that seems insanely stupid. I agree. And Jim and Sam, who also have a morning show that's behind the paywall, Sirius XM, finally convinced management to let them do a weekly podcast with Best Of. Yeah. Because that's how you get the name out there. Exactly. Smart. Anthony does a great job of that. So he's behind the paywall on Compound Media, but he puts out videos on YouTube all the time with clips from the show. People go, oh, this is what I'm missing? All right, cool. I'm going to sign up for this. Yeah, it just pro. makes sense. It's promo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Carl, now that you're uh, big butt buddies with Anthony Cumia, can you get him on our show? I probably could. Yeah, I'm going to see him. Says that, I'm going to see him at Dabblecott. He's coming to Rochester in just a couple of weeks. We're going to be uh, hanging out. So. so you can take orders from him because he's your. You get all instruction from Anthony Cumia. <laughs> That's right. Yes. His ass according, according, to, according to Chad Zumach, <laughs> uh, Anthony tells me what to say on my show, and then I say it. So That's pretty cool the way that works. So now you just heard, guys, that the publicist for Norman Reedus told. Norman, that Gary said Howard didn't want him on the show. Now, this is the cardinal sin right here, because you can't say that Howard's not the one who wants him on the show. So, track seven, now Gary's going to say the publicist was lying. <laughs> Howard, but I've heard this from I'm, I'm, too many, excuse me, I've heard really? this from too you many have? celebrities. Yes, <laughs> that true. you always just go, look, Howard just doesn't want to have you on. I want to <laughs> have him on. Howard, can I just say something? Never you in don't the history want him of on. the... Never in the history of the show have I ever uttered those words. And tell uh, me how many times. Well, then, where Howard, did, then why does Norman Reedus and, and others have said second. it? Others I'm, have I'm said get there it. In a second. How many times have you been out and people have said, Gary's keeping me off the show? You've told me that many, many times. People come up to you and go, Gary's That's keeping true. me off the show. And you go, hey, I don't know. I, and I've so, had that experience myself, yes. I will tell you that I have never in the history of the show uttered the words, Howard doesn't want you on. Of course my job is to protect you. John seems like, uh, uh, Norman seems like a nice guy. He's been through a lot of publicists, right? Every time he gets a new publicist, he has them call me, and all he wants to do is get on the show. So maybe a publicist might say that to him to make themselves look better because they Let's don't want to Let's have him on the, the show, for God's sakes. You know what I feel like? We've turned him into that dude that just got elected Speaker of the House. He had to go through 14 fucking uh, rounds before they, that, that what's his name, Kevin McCarthy. We've turned poor Norman into Kevin McCarthy. He wants to be on the show. Yeah, how can he show. get on this show if he wants to be on this show? He's in right. a, a TV show we loved for years and talked about all the time. All right, so I know you guys are understanding what's going on here, but let me just break it down real quick. Basically, Howard has said no to this guest because they keep pestering him. Multiple publicists who represent him have come to Gary. We want to come on Howard Stern. Howard's like, nope, don't want him, don't want him. So now Howard's going, Gary, why don't we have this guy on? I don't understand. What's what's the problem here? And Robin's not picking up on this at all because Robin's going, yeah, we love The Walking Dead. What's the problem, Gary? Why are we having this guy on? And of course... But Howard Ernie just, he already said he's a boring character, so I thought he'd be boring. He said that <laughs> right. in the beginning. I know. That's the funny part here is that anyone with half a brain, that's why Robin's not picking up on this, would sit there understanding what's going on right now. 
Gary and should this- just, Gary should just start booking all the like minor celebrities he can <laughs> from Walking like, Dead. Well, you didn't see yeah, yeah. the grips. Anybody that's ever been on the Walking Dead, be like, well, no, it's up to you. Do you want him on? So. I, I really want to emphasize how dumb Robin is here because in my track number eight, they try to come up with a reason why they, even though we just heard the reason, Howard didn't think he'd be an interesting guest, but now they're going to come up with a different reason. And Robin, oh my, she, she'd be getting glares from Howard if they were in the same studio together. It's just one of, it's, it's just a weird thing. I, I forget why, I, Gary, what was the real reason we didn't have Norman Reed? It's on. I mean, a lot of it is timing, right? A yeah. lot of it really is timing. A lot of it is timing. What? What? The, yeah, yeah, we're right. In all the, how many years has this show been on? There was never a right time. <laughs> Robin, come on, help us out here. <laughs> well, it's timing. Call, one of his publicists is brand Why? new, and he calls in the off season when it's not even running. I mean, duh, <laughs> that's what timing would mean. I just think that's so funny. Is Howard's now trying to come up with a new reason, and, even and though he already said it. She blows it up. Yeah, <laughs> and she blows it right up. Like, are you paying attention? Kind of funny. this. <laughs> Let's go on to track number nine, because now we're going to throw Gary all the way under the bus. Like, this, this is what needs to happen to let Gary know this is all his fault. We've been on for 50 years, and there's no time for Norman Reedus. Listen, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. But Gary, you know, can I just go on record? I remember sitting in a room alone with you, and I begged you to have Norman Reedus on the show, and you said no. Don't you remember I know, that? Seriously. I do. Right. I do. And, yeah, and listen, you said I the don't, timing's not right. He's a nice guy. I'm the one keeping him off the show. And you right. know, I have there to, you go. I have to be There's in charge at some point of that kind right. of thing. Now all's good in the world, right? So now we all see what Gary's actual role on this show yeah. is, is just to take Fancy. all the heat. I, I have to what he's you, supposed to do, though, in a way. There's yeah. one real part of it that's really annoying is, why does someone keep asking to be on a show that are rejected over and over? And Hart said, I think his character's boring. So maybe he's really kind of bored by the whole thing, but he gets put on the spot. I mean, do you really want to force your way onto a show? If he's well, that. I guess Norman Reed is a super fan. Yeah. I, I listened to this whole back and forth he had with John Bernthal, and they were quoting things that Howard had said from 12 years ago about the show and okay. 10 years ago. And so, that means so he was just like, he loves the show. Why would he have me hot? He's had all my, you know, all, all everyone else on the cast has been on the show. Why not me? And Howard loves interviews that are all about him, even when he's supposed to be interviewing someone else. So there's True. that added value. I would love to have Norman Reedus on. He'd be a great interview. He's done so much stuff. Plus, he used to be married to uh, that supermodel, um, Helena Christensen. So much oh. to talk about. Well, he, he's actually getting a spinoff from The Walking Dead. He's going to have his own. Uh, Just what the world needs. More, more yes. zombie a stuff. Spin-off. I'm kind. I got to tell you, I watched The Walking Dead for like four years. And, and it was then great. I, I just got bored. And then, I, I don't, then it was the same thing every is week. Is it still going? No, it's been done. Hasn't okay, it? I think they just ended it, right? Well, yeah, what's I think the, it just ended. What's it. The I new, got bored of it too. What's the new HBO show that everyone loves? Um, the Last of Us. The Last of Us. Two episodes in, and I'm sitting there watching it going. Those aren't zombies, though. Dumb, dumb. Same fucking thing. And I'm like, this is the this is the Walking Dead do over. It's cordyceps. It's With, fungus. It's a completely different. No, I understand the nuance difference, but it's still you know everyone's dead, and here's this uh, animal that's taken over humans. Bleh. It better get better. Sorry, Carl. I digressed. I, I just have one more clip from this series, and this kind of puts a bow on it. They really have to make Gary squirm here and make him the asshole. So you're called, let's just go on record. You're calling Norman Reedus' publicist a liar. <laughs> I'm saying somebody gave Norman misinformation. Okay. Those words were never spoken by me or, by the way, anyone on our team. 
to to any publicist involving Norman. We just don't say that. We would never say that to I'd anyone. I'd never say it, but I do write it down on a piece of paper and show it to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So, that, they should make him squirm. That's good radio. I just think it kind of blows Howard's cover because oh, it totally he literally, let it, it, he totally literally let it be known that anytime Gary says, I, I'm the one who just decided that you can't be on the show. Now, you know, Howard's the one saying they yeah. don't want this person on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Robin doesn't know that, but we all do. <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny how sensitive Howard is now? Yeah. I mean, back yeah. in the day, be like, "Fuck him!" I, nobody busts their way into this show. I no, I don't want the guy in the show. But now it's like oh, we have to come up with a reason. Yeah, he never groveled before. No, no it's yeah. it's just so weird. I don't. How do you turn your complete brand upside down and expect to continue? But he's making ninety million a year. It's working. It's just bizarre. It's well, kind of like it's, it's not working. The company's going to go out of business. Now I am looking forward so. to Norman Reedus being a guest on the show. I can't wait to hear Howard talk about. We've been wanting to get you on for <laughs> a decade. Where you been, man? Finally. I hope, I, I hope to God he is a boring interview too. I hope he's just a <laughs> terrible, terrible interview. That would be the best. That's hilarious. Um, I have a, a little package here from the Howard Stern show. If you want to hear more Howard, sure. Yeah. Okay. So he starts off this segment talking about, now remember, he's in his mansion. He's broadcasting from his mansion. And in his mansion, he's got a lot of different bathrooms, but the bathroom that he uses downstairs has a toilet in it. Now his main bathroom upstairs, he has a urinal. He's very proud of this fact. (laughs) Apparently, Howard doesn't know how to pee into a toilet. So he gets back from break. He's like, Robin, I just peed all over the place. I just, what? 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 Yeah. Drew, Drew, please never get to this point in your career. Your, your old man peeing all over the bathroom. What guy. the fuck is going on? I mean, if you know how to use a urinal, you would know how to use a toilet or anything. Any kind of thing well, you would pee into. Most people use a toilet from the time they're yes. birth. I mean, almost two years old on. Yes. Why, why is it getting so, so difficult? You should wear May- a diaper. Maybe it's his technique, guys. You tell me. Track number one, he explains what happened. Oh, no. I don't hold my penis with my hand, number one. Uh Uh-huh. Because I don't want to have to get a mess, and I don't want to touch my penis. You know, because then you got to do another kind of cleanup. So I hold my penis with my underwear. Do you follow that? No. No. Okay. No. No, What do you mean by holding that type of cleanup? Just because he touched your penis? I see him pulling his pants down like butters and just like. (laughs) What is it oozing out of his penis that it requires some special cleanup? Jesus Christ. That is fucking hilarious. It's so weird. So weird. (laughs) But that still doesn't explain why he couldn't pee into the toilet. No, not really. I think I yeah. can still do it. I don't follow. I don't follow the penis um, physic logic that he's using here. Yeah, I think if my arms were amputated for some reason, I could still pee in the toilet. Why doesn't he just make a bathroom glove, like an oven mitt, and he just puts it out when he goes in the bathroom to hold it? <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> there you a go. lot easier. <laughs> yeah, and then just burn them at the end of the day. Yeah, start, start <laughs> why not? He's got the, the money. Day, right. Or goalie gloves, like soccer goalie gloves, those big ones. Yeah, that would work, any of it. Well... It's funny you say he's got the money because he's talking about his urinal and Robin goes, you have a urinal cake in there too, to keep it fresh. He goes, Oh no, someone cleans it every day. <laughs> he's what? got people for that. Relatable. Ew. <laughs> so, I don't know. Why do you want a urinal? By the way, I don't want oh, a urinal in my bathroom. Thank you but- for asking that question. Drew track two answers that exactly. But people who come over, my friends are like, you have a urinal. Oh my God. And I'm like, well, yeah, because it's cool. No, it's cool. I, I get it. <laughs> Why is a urinal cool? Urinals are gross. 
Oh, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a trough at my house <laughs> at the same time. Well, now you're great. talking. It's like being at a half, Bills game. It's halftime. Let's all go pee. All right. Wait, do they have? Do they still have troughs at the Bills games? Is that what they have in the bathrooms? Oh, yeah. Really? In some, yeah, yeah. Well, Michigan, Michigan had Michigan them for ever. ever. Yeah. Do they yeah. not have any more? No, no. Those I don't are... mind a trough. You know, you can really cram a lot of guys in there. It's well, great. Well, yeah, they look a lot of wieners too. Can well, I see where you stand? <laughs> remember, uh, the Joe had it, but the Joe you never had to. You know, it was all against the wall. At Michigan Stadium, remember they had that brick right through the yeah. middle? Yes. So you would be looking at somebody who's peeing into a trough while you're peeing into a trough. <laughs> Your <laughs> eyes would lock, and it was very awkward. You're supposed to look down. What are you, huh? nervous about your penis? I use my underwear to hold my penis. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what answer. that even means. Oh, my God. So yeah. this next clip, this kind of wraps up the whole urinal discussion. But So, so Howard has the urinal at his house. And apparently he has a lot of problems with his friends that come over and use his bathroom. I just want to know if anyone can relate to any of this. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, cause it is a longer clip. The way that it wraps up is it goes nowhere. The, the story, like he's like building up to this thing and then it just thought, I, I guess before it even starts, are you surprised that Howard lets anybody use a bathroom in his house? Yeah, I don't it's, even think anybody yes. goes over there. Okay. I doubt he's, he allows anybody in I would except just for the cleaning a, people. He'd have a portage on it. Even them, I imagine having hazmat suits on. Yeah. You guys are they, spot on and you'll, oh. you'll hear all about this. Okay. In this all right. Sorry. And they, I have a couple of male friends who come over every time they leave. This floor is soaking wet. You know, a toilet is not meant for a man to stand up. You got to just sit down on it. And pee when you're at a free because and my wife goes, Oh my god, so and so was just here. How they can leave it that way. They leave it that way. Ralph was over here and I and I did bring him, you know, he said he had to pee before he left. I, I kind of screwed up. I brought him to this beautiful little main powder room we have that we use for guests. Because I didn't know where else to bring him. I wasn't gonna let him use my bathroom. You know, my with my urinal and stuff. Because right. then I would it'd be I'd be so <laughs> disgusting. I don't want anyone I don't want anybody using my bathroom. So uh, I brought him down there and I said to my wife, look, I had to let Ralph pee. I couldn't say no, go outside <laughs> like a dog. I said, just so you know, give you a heads up. I let him pee in the main bathroom there. And he goes, oh, no. I go, yeah. I said, I hope he didn't pee on the floor. <laughs> but uh, she did check. I, I mean, I never looked. So. I, I assume he got it in you the bowl. You didn't bowl. hear any bad reports. No, I think Ralph's on good behavior at my house now because we don't let him in the house other than yeah, for that's work. The first but, time we're yeah. in a long time. Oh boy, that finished. Yep. That finished really strong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, so, he's like every guy comes over, they pee all over the floor. It's all over the place. Ralph was just over; he was fine. But no who, one's who allowed these, to come over either. He didn't. Who are these fucking guests that pee all over the floor? What is he talking about? And also. I've never, it sounds like if you ask him to use the bathroom, it's really iffy. Like, oh, Jesus, I got to think about this. Ugh, okay. I mean, that's just such a courtesy when someone says that. Nobody ever really thinks about it. goes, oh, you know, I don't want you using the powder room. It's a beautiful powder room, by the way. What the fuck? Oh, you missed it, though. It's the guest powder room. Oh. Drew, oh. do you have a guest powder room you don't want anyone to use? Because no. that's weird. Drew has one in one room, and it's a shitter. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember that story? The guy, when I got new carpets at the Royal Oak house, and he used the bathroom, of course, because he's doing work in my house, and he called a half hour later because he wasn't sure if he flushed. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Shitter was full. And he called, and I answered, like, oh, is there a problem with the carpet? He's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, and I know he, I knew he was in the bathroom for a long time, and he was like, 
Um, it's really awkward, but I'm not sure if I flush it. I'm like, am I supposed to go look to make sure you uh, flush? better than being surprised. Or should I just, I mean, yeah, I don't know what he's expecting. He you ever flush. forgotten to flush? How uh, does that happen? Well, he did, though. He had flushed, but he was so worried in his own head that he had forgotten to flush that he actually called. I would The job was done. I would have been like, I'm never going to see that human being again. I'm maybe, out of there. Maybe he just wanted to put the image of his own feces in your head <laughs> it just because it made him feel powerful. It worked. He won. <laughs> He had control over me for a little while. So just real quick, the other thing that Howard said there doesn't make any sense to me. He goes, everyone's jealous of my urinal. They all come over like, whoa, you have a urinal. It's amazing. But no one And then he it. also said that's his bathroom and no one's allowed to use it. Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. So was he just like show people, by the way, there's my urinal. Don't touch it. Can't use it. My. Well, he's just making Well, he has something up. in common with James Brown because James Brown remember, sh- uh, was going to shoot up that insurance agency because he thought somebody had used <laughs> his, his bathroom, which was next door. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I've heard stories about people who are absolutely nuts about not using their urinal, but they're megalomaniacs. They're not regular people. <laughs> That's so weird. What is that? Although I hated it when people used our bathroom at Riff. Remember the bathroom? Well, yeah, that was bizarre. You guys had your own wing, your own little bathroom. Well, bizarre was awesome. It was a fucking mess. It was a total disaster. It was a de- debacle. Hurry up. Guys, guys, salespeople, am I right? <laughs> I know. No. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem right there. No. Get out of, of here, course. Bentley. These are this is our bathroom. <laughs> we had people pounding off in our fucking bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, once again, get out, Bentley. <laughs> True story. Yes, admitted. He admitted it. What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> so much. He just feels really strongly about certain things at certain times. Hey, what can you say? When you got to do it, you got to do it, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that's that's not the case at all. <laughs> Think about baseball, Mark. Uh, so uh, are we on to Megan now? Yeah, because you guys brought up last week the season finale of Archetypes. It's called Manifesting a Cultural Shift. And the guests are some of the most Trevor- menly men. I'll tell you that much. Oh, Trevor Noah, Andy Cohen and Judd Apatow. Oh. And you guys are. You guys were playing a little bit at the beginning of this, and she starts off by saying, you know, growing up in the 80s, STEM wasn't pushed on girls, and so I didn't have a a thing for science, even though I should have and I wish I had, and um, let's play track 11, because there's a few things in here that really annoy the hell out of me. She's kind of setting up the whole show with us. And as luck would have it, amidst the stack of books on my bedside table, I stumbled across a concept in one that explores how we change the way we think and even rewire our brains. I got my pen, I marked it up. I don't know if you're like me with books where you scribble it up, you highlight, you make little stars on on things that just stand out for you. Because when I saw this, it immediately made me think of archetypes and what we've been working on throughout this season. A bunch of bullshit that guy. I, I went to school in the 70s. She's talking about the 80s. I don't recall in math and science class when they dismissed the women. Right. <laughs> Get out of here. We're Seems doing to division me, today. They were in all the hardest classes I was in. No division for you. Get out. What the fuck? What is she talking about? Go bake a pie. We're doing uh, long division. You're really, not allowed in here. I really want her to produce that book with all her underlying and stars on it that gave her the idea that matched archetypes. Because I, I don't believe the story. Well, Mark, it's a stack of books that she yeah. has on her bedside table. That yeah. stack of yeah. books. No, she doesn't. She's having to find this concept within these stacks of books she's reading nonstop, you know, because actors are always reading books. <laughs> nice, and- reading, nice reading books with <laughs> concepts in them, too, by the way. Yeah. And the excerpt 
was on neuroplasticity. <laughs> and so her whole thing, and she gets, she gets really deep here because the whole idea is, wow, we can continue to learn and evolve throughout our entire life. She's so deep. Track number 12. It's crazy how that happens. What I really wondered is, as we talk about archetypes, these labels, these tropes, these limiting beliefs that we've explored through this entire season of the podcast, I wondered, is this really possible? Can we really change our thinking? We can use mindfulness and self-compassion in undoing the gender stereotypes that keep us really limited. And this is both men and women. Well, what an exciting guest that is. Oh, my God. He's so deep. (laughs) So she's really surprised that people's concepts about things in the world change as you get older? Well, what's crazy to me here, Mark, is that what she's explaining is everyone else needs to change how they think. Oh, Because sure. Megan never thinks for one second that maybe she needs to evolve in any single way. She's already there. Wow. But everyone else has to catch up to her, and it's all about these gender roles, and men need to figure out what their gender roles are. And if you go to my, my track 13, uh, this shows that... Um, you know, she kind of explains it. It's we're just talking about how men need to fix themselves. That if we really want to shift how we think about gender and the limiting labels that we separate people into, then we have to broaden the conversation. And we have to actively include men in that conversation and certainly in that effort. Yeah. <laughs> so today we are doing just that. We're opening it all up, breaking out of the boxes and the binaries and doing things binaries. in a new way. So who's ready to be open to a little bit of change? Today's the day. Now, before that, she explains she's only had women guests or female guests on the show. This is the first episode where there's men, but they just happen to all agree with her in every <laughs> single way. It's like, it's like she's having Gavin McGinnis on to talk about traditional gender roles and why that's important for family structure. That's not what's happening here at all. This isn't even a baby step having those three guests, really. No. And it's all about thinking like her. That's that's what she's saying is, oh God, if we could just all think like her. And she acts again like she's discovering something. People learn new things after the age of 35. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, she sounds like Bella Thorne saying anxiety when it was a thing when I was 15. Yes. When I got anxiety, it suddenly became a thing. Oh, That's what's so frustrating about all of this, Drew, is that she's sitting there going, we need to evolve. We need to think different ways. Like, you do. You need to think different ways. Why is that not even? You're, you're saying these words over and over again. How are you not conceptualizing this, that maybe you're part of the problem here? Well, if, if every she, person in her family and every person in her husband's family hates her and him. Yeah. Everyone. So yeah. why would we take advice from such a person? But if she's and really, more than half of America and more than 75% <laughs> of Britain. <laughs> if she's really uh, that interested in changing people's minds, then have someone on that you can try and change their mind, right? Have challenge oh. somebody because she can't. Yeah, that, that'll never happen. No, well, she, no I don't think she happen. could anyway. All right, so Andy I mean, Cohen she's, is She's the just first talking guest. into an echo chamber, which solves nothing. Oh, it's, in, it's, it's worse than that because Andy Cohen is the executive producer for Real Housewives. Yeah. And basically, they're saying, like, showing catty women with boob jobs who spend their husband's money, <laughs> that's actually empowering to women. Yeah. What do you want it to be? The most retarded thing possible. It's like, that's not empowering in, in any single way. You're exploiting this. So, of course, we have to make it about Megan. <laughs> and so they're talking about the Real Housewives track 14. Yeah. 
And apparently, at some point, people thought Andy should maybe add one more oh, to the mix. <laughs> and then what did you think? Because it had to have bubbled up to you somewhere that you moved to the States and everyone is like, oh, she should join the Beverly Hills Housewives. I'm like, she ain't joining the Beverly Hills Housewives, everybody. She I've never heard that. Plate. She's Meghan Markle. You never heard that? Good. Well, I never even tried to stoke the fire because I was like, uh, folks, that's not happening. Because wow. she sat on that abnormally pink wiener. She is no, because she would have been perfect for it. She really was, her career's running out of steam. You know, she's somebody who's hot. She's got a little money. She'd have been perfect for the show, but she sat on that pink wiener. Now she's too good well, for couple, Beverly Hills Housewives. A couple things. Uh, save that piece of audio, because five years from now, she might be on that show. <laughs> that's, true. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. But number two, that's really shitty for the people you have casted, yes. Andy yes. Cohen. He's the like, executive producer, and he's shitting on all yeah. the stars of that show. Yeah. I mean, they're all terrible people. Most of them are in jail by now. They're not empowering at all either. They're people whose husbands are super duper rich and they make fame from being on a TV show about being rich. Getting in fights and then running scams like that Jen Shah or the one who, the other one in New York who got arrested. It's not empowering. It's nothing. It's something that maybe one tenth of one percent of the population could even possibly be on. How does Andy Cohen spin that into being empowering? I mean, it's empowering for him because it makes him money. That's fine. Yeah. Nothing wrong with making a buck. But yeah. Oh, it's empowering like these women who are just taking hot pictures all day and next to nothing. That's that, empowering. That, that's fine. I don't mind that. I'm expressing myself. I want them to keep doing that. No, I don't have a problem with it. I just don't like when they act like it's something that it isn't. Right. They're, they're running a boner the, army. It kind of ruins <laughs> the whole movement when you have somebody on that you could actually disagree with and say, I don't think this is empowering to women. Yeah. But instead, it's just like, yeah, no, I get it. You're right. This is great. Like, okay, well, what are well, we even doing? I mean, in, you mean from Andy Cohen's perspective? Well, yeah, because it, you could have Meghan Markle saying, you know, I think in Real Housewives, there's some issues there because of gender roles. But, you know, they could have talked about that. They don't. In fairness to him, do you want to be lectured by Meghan Markle to your face? I mean, just, just, just agree with her. But to I don't think you're saying yes to archetypes if that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah, okay. They could also have fat women on the, the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Of course. They could have or, ugly hey, women. How about poor women? <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Ew, gross. <laughs> no one wants to watch <laughs> poor people. I mean, they're all, all right. hot. What do you know? What a coincidence. Ew. Guys, it's time to bring the show to a screeching halt. I hope the Facebook group is listening. <laughs> Judd Apatow comes on the show. <laughs> and this is the longest question ever asked of anybody. Try to make heads or tails of this one. A lot of what I've been thinking about is how attitudes or maybe expectations for men to show their emotions, how that's changed a lot over the years in that it's a lot more acceptable now, even more encouraged and I wonder if in some ways part of the solution for allowing women to have the space to be something more than just an archetype <laughs> is in also giving men the liberty to be more sensitive, more vulnerable, more expressive, more open. And what, are you talking about? what do you think ends up being more additive, I guess? Like <laughs> having men have more leeway to just be more expressive and emotional and perhaps more of themselves and they internalize or really creating more space for women to be accepted as they are? Right. Or is it both? 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, shut up for a second. Stupid question. Oh, God. What is I, the answer? What I, the fuck I, I, I hope, he say? I hope he, I hope he just goes, it's both. Next. He, he did say it's both, of course. <laughs> no, yeah. but, but don't, I hope he didn't expound on that. I hope he just said, ah, both. Next question. Hey, is there, hey, it's a stupid. is there any way we could spend the next 10 years working on women where everybody tells us what's wrong with women and how we can make women better? <laughs> can we do that? Can I sign up for that? I want to host that show. I'm in. Let's go. I'll be a guest. I'll, I'll get Dick Masterson and it'll be fun. I'll I mean, right be, just, just for a change of pace. Yeah. So uh, you asked how, how Judd responds to this. This is some profound blather. Track 16. <laughs> and listen to, to Megan respond to this as if it's actually important. Oh, my God. And that's really all anybody can do is you yeah. know, do their best to evolve and to heal. And it's like a you know, two steps forward, one step back situation for most of us, most of the time. And, you know, do we have the courage to admit how hard it is and get help when we need help? That's really interesting. This is and was in this conversation. This was a revelation for me. Because in addition to the what? need for men to be allies in the effort of getting rid of damaging archetypes is our need for men to lean into their own emotions to express themselves in a way that sends a message that it's okay to feel. Because the core of so many of these archetypes we've been discussing in this series has really been the way that women's emotions are used against them. But maybe if men were more outward with their emotions, that expression up. would be less stigmatized. <laughs> that, is an, that is an amazing one minute of psychobabble. Wow. That Holy said, shit. That said nothing. And has she ever thought that... You know, maybe guys just aren't as emotional and don't care about the things you care about. That's society telling you that, Mark. No, no. societal <laughs> norms is what you're describing. You know, I mean, I, like, I, I had an ex once tell me you have no emotions. I'm like, yeah, because I, I don't worry about things. I don't care about things that much. Um, it's not. No. I, I watched all those funny Jed Apatow movies. Did you? Did any of you guys ever dream he could be so explosively boring and just? I, he's he's a mess. He's a disaster. He's a he's a traitor. He's not a man. Well, Megan even sets up that whole section by saying, "I was watching some movies I used to really like uh, <laughs> years ago, and now watching him again, you know, it's pretty problematic." <gasps> and so. Here's a guest who's learned from that, and he and it's just like, oh, oh man. Oh, well, Carl, I don't, know, Judd. I don't know if you heard us talking yesterday, and I drew. I was racking. Does my... he take the money from these movies? By the way, probably oh, yeah. pretty well. <laughs> off. residuals. Yeah. He, he donates them to archetypes. Uh, <laughs> no, but we were talking yesterday about these movies. There was that whole because we were talking about Sandler and and Andy yeah. Samberg, and you know, kind of these raunchy movies. What was the last raunchy movie that there was, comedy wise? No, we're starving. I can't. I'm starving can't, for something funny. I feel like I'm missing one, but I can't think of anything in the past, what, seven years? Well, for Judd Apatow, it probably would have been Pineapple Express, maybe, I or, or Dewey Cox. And Seth Rogen's another one. He's a hideous human being, isn't he? Yeah. That, that Pineapple I thought he was a stoner who was lots of fun. What happened? He's insufferable now. Pineapple Express was 2008. Oh yeah, no, I know. There has I don't, to be other I don't stuff. think any, nothing that Judd Apatow's done in the last decade has made me want to go watch any. Like I didn't like, you know, the King of Stanton Island. Eh. Oh, it seems was, like the entertainment world would just okay, be but that, starved. That was like, okay, but that wasn't wrong. I hated funny people. It was seven hours of not funny people. 
the king of Staten Island they talk about and they talk about Pete Davidson is so emotional and he's so yeah, he's yeah. open <laughs> with his and I'm just like oh god this is why we hate him this is what's annoying about him I know he has he jumped the shark because I'm really sick of him now when I see him in that commercial anywhere I just go ugh. He's making out with his new girlfriend. He's got a new girlfriend. Well, he got rid of the uh, the new news today was that he did get rid of uh, all those tattoos. Of- no, they're faded. Kim is my girlfriend. Is a lawyer. Is faded. You can barely read. Well, yeah, because yeah, he's, he's getting rid of. He's them. currently getting rid of. What well, was a temporary tattoo? And he got it out of a <laughs> cracker jack box. <laughs> I know. He's, hey, he's getting it lasered off. off. Weren't tattoos better when you couldn't get rid of them? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, God. And Trevor Noah is selling out two shows at the Fox Theater here. Who are these people that go to Trevor Noah? I, oh, I, I feel like I'm glad you're asking that, Drew, because in this podcast, for whatever reason, they decided to play some clips of why we should love Trevor Noah. Oh. And so my track number 17 is from this podcast, and this is part of his stand up. So, guys, get your tickets because this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, can I, okay, once again, I don't, I don't want to ruin the clip, but I'm going to predict it's about men and women. Is it about men and women, the stand up? Well, let's, okay. let's see. Right. Comedy career took off in his native South Africa in the early 2000s. The downside of being light was that just that being light, I was different. People mocked me, gave me names like a mixed breed, half caste. I hate that term, half. Why half? Why not double or twice as nice? I don't know. <laughs> and he started getting noticed elsewhere, too. People really called him that? Yeah, get it? Yeah. Pretty but, good joke, huh? But, um, okay. Double. He's not All right. Fat, he's All not right, you guys seem like you don't think he's a funny guy. Well, I have an example from The Daily Show. <laughs> because they also put in a clip from him on The Daily Show to show how funny he is. A new study sponsored by the National Institutes of Health has found that kids who play video games for at least three hours a day have better memory and impulse control than non-gamers. And uh, I'm not the kind of person who would say, I told you so to my mom because she could still whip my ass, but uh, I told you so. They play his jokes when he was on The Daily Show. Every morning on CBS Morning News, they'll play like three jokes and they'll be like, ha, ha, he's so funny, what a way to start today! So, I mean, I'm sure that helps but the sell jo- out these shows, but I really wonder who thinks he's hilarious but and goes, jo- but they go, the I The joke know. there is about what a great memory he has. He played it's not funny! I, I don't know, I never laugh at the jokes that Gail and um, no, it's the football that- player, he thinks oh, he's Nate the funniest Burleson. guy in the world too. I, I just well, the, blows my mind. The jokes aren't funny, but also there's something about the delivery that's annoying. Well, he's elite, he's got a very elitist tone. Yes. You know, a know-it-all kind of tone. Yeah. So he tells this story about, I guess his mom was shot by her ex-husband. Not his father, but his stepfather. Shot his mom. His mom survived. And so track 19, this kind of tells you everything you need to know about how they feel about masculinity. You said, I remember after the shooting, my mother was in the hospital And all I felt was rage. But my mother said to me, don't hate him for doing this, but rather pity him because he too is a victim in his own way of a world that has thrust upon him an idea of masculinity that he has subscribed to (laughs) and is now a part of. Which is society's fault because. I I don't I don't believe she said that. I don't either. She's in the hospital. How could anyone remember a a line that long? No, no, I don't I don't believe that happened. They're, what they're saying is this guy shot her because that's what we're being taught as young boys and men to shoot women. Is that yeah, you got to shoot women. That's masculinity. That's what we do. Sure, it's insane. I would love to know if she pressed charges. 
Oh, don't press charges. It's not his fault. It's society's. As a matter of fact, charge society with my shooting. <laughs> but well, Drew, to your point earlier, you were saying like women were never barred from going to math and science classes. Hell no. So, they were so we're like, so wait, what's the problem here? It turns out in their world, masculinity means murdering women. So in that case, I'm like, yeah, we do need to change gender roles then. If that's what you think this is, that all of us are high-fiving. Oh, you kill your old lady? All right. Way to go. That's the nuttiest thing. I mean, I, I would never quote someone who said that because it's just dumb. I mean, no. it's embarrassing him to even quote that, in my opinion. Yes. But, well, but, but not every guy is shooting their wife. So, I mean, yeah, no, he, he's the asshole. Not. Well, yeah. let, me, let me tell you the big um, secret about Trevor Noah. He killed the ratings on The Daily Show. That's what no one ever talked about. Yeah. Oh, my God, his great run is over. Oh, big celebration. But the ratings died. There's a lot of speculation that he didn't step down. They were pushing him out. They were done with him. But usually that sort of is understood by people or it's explained by someone. But it seems in this case, it's, it's a big narrative. But he gets that, a lot of YouTube hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Kimmel doesn't, and you know everyone who does shows like that doesn't get a lot of YouTube hits. Remind me uh, later. There's some great late night news that I'm really praying happens. There's, oh. my, there's my tease. Okay. All right. I have one more clip on here, and the question to Trevor Noah is: What can men do to fix everything? I can't wait to find <laughs> why, out. Why is it on us is. to fix everything? Let's fix everything. What is the role for men to play? And specifically, what is the role for men in media to play to help change some of these conversations? Well, I think first and foremost, as men, we have to grow comfortable in our vulnerability. Mm. You know, if, if we exist in a space where <laughs> we are <laughs> perpetually portraying the stoic idea of, of what a man is, I think it's limiting. I think it's limiting and, and it means that we then hold only on to aggression and anger and strength and violence. And you might. We forget the balance that is needed, you know? Wow. Yeah, you got to be vulnerable, guys. You got to be very vulnerable and open up. Okay. Have you ever considered the fact that people like being the way they're being and that's why they're being them, that they're not forced to be that way by society? I'm not responsible no, for every male asshole out there. <laughs> why am I responsible You're for that? You're not. It? No, I know. It's stupid. Stop broad brushing us. If only if guys hmm. were soft, then the world would be all fixed. I, I gave an ISO to you there, Mark, from Meghan Markle. That is such a good point. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to overuse that. <laughs> Love the way she says that. So annoying. That is such a good point. That patter is bizarre. Nobody says it like that, right? No, well, she's, she's acting. So, this entire yeah, show, and I could have pulled, yeah. pulled all these clips of her just acting, but we've done that before. It's so bad. She's not a good actor. Isn't that all so interesting? And it's the uh, Critics' Choice Podcast of the Year. Yeah, yeah. And she says that Harry should win the Grammy for a spoken word because he's such a great storyteller and is such a soothing voice so i guess harry's gonna win a grammy now because she wants that him is to such a good point is reading your book is that part of spoken word has that I always guess. been part of the category i don't know she compared it to obama who won one i guess <laughs> okay all right well so, there you go damn it i wish yeah. john melendez would have won in 2018 or 2019 <laughs> that's such a good point for easy that's for the you greatest fucking read ever i'm telling you i i binged all 10 of the bonus episodes that uh carl has on his patreon that focuses on easy for you to say and I, I want to buy that audiobook just to listen to it because the clips you bring, are they're so funny. It's fascinating. By the way, we're going to do um, episode 11 of that probably early next week for Patreon. Right. And that's, 
That's to get us excited for DabbleCon. All right. February 3rd and 4th, WATPlive.com for tickets to DabbleCon in Rochester, New York at Comedy at the Carlson. We have stand-up comedy Friday night. We have live podcast taping Saturday afternoon. And then the Dabby Awards ceremony Saturday night. You're going to want to check that out. All right. And ask uh, Anthony, your, your, uh, the man you take orders from, if, uh, <laughs> if he'll come on the show. Love to have him on I'd- I, I would be happy about, to do that. He should do your guy's show. You guys yeah. talk to a lot of people. I read his book about two years ago, and I really enjoyed it. And I think I asked you, and you asked somebody. It just got lost in the mail or something. Or, or he hates us. I don't know. One or the other. Whatever it is. I'd yeah, it like was, we were on. talking to E-Rock about it. We'll get that We'll get that set up for you. All right, Carl. No, no. He actually, he actually, no, he got back to us. He said this. Drew from Drew and Mike, who I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carl. It's funny, we'll Scott, because you. you and I have never heard of Drew and Mike. <laughs> Uh, guys, this week I'm doing an episode with Shuli Egar. We're going to be doing uh, Two Girls, One Blunt is the topic mm. of that. But that's, uh, you know, Shuli's a part of DabbleCon. So we'll be doing that. And then, of course, my new show, Who Are These Socials? Thursday at 6 p.m. on our YouTube channel, Who Are These Podcasts? YouTube, Thursdays at 6. You can watch Who Are These Socials with myself and Blind Mike Geary. Can you okay. give us a preview? What is Two Girls, One Blunt? Like, can, is there any preview or any tease? One of the girls is like a stand-up, I guess. The other girl's just annoying, and they're stoners, <laughs> and they talk about how do, they're stoned. Do they get really high when they do the podcast? Of course they oh, do, Jesus Mark. Christ. Of course. That's going to be good <laughs> listening. Christ. Right. Okay. Should Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl. Uh, Thanks, guys. Good luck with it all. Go all right. Bills. And our, yo. <laughs> Sorry. And our Zoom line is sponsored by Hall Financial, bringing you another edition of Who Are These Podcasts with Carl. And uh, what DabbleCon, I'm, I, they're going to have that all that videotape. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that'll be fun to watch. So uh, The Bachelor, all that vulnerability talk reminded me. The Bachelor was on last night. It's it opened back. the season up. It's they back. already have controversy, too. Uh, oh, what's happened? You didn't know there's controversy already? Uh, no, I didn't. Is there a woman on there named Greer Blitzer? Yes, she's great. Greer Blitzer is in trouble. Greer, by the way, I rated every woman when they got out of the vehicle. And came up and said hi. And Greer, I gave an 8-2, and I gave her an upgrade because of her Mondo tits. All right. Can we go, huge we should, tits. We should go, can we go through the intros? <laughs> yeah, no, sure. She is in trouble because she has made, quote, racist comments defending a blackface photo on Facebook. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? How did they dig that deep? I mean, well, okay, my, fir- now- my, my first question is. What? Don't they have producers that dig up any and every single Why post on any? Why don't they vet these they, people? Actually, they, they do. They, they do, but it's pretty so overwhelming, to, I guess, because people are on other people's accounts, and you've got people scouring the entire internet trying to find someone doing something horrible. Right, hear, hear me out on this. That's what we've made this world. We've 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 scout. We've developed. This whole system where we try to find people at their worst moment so somehow they can be canceled at their best moment. Hear me out on this, because I think they probably did see this comment on this post and didn't think anything of it. So what it was, there was a high school uh, in 2016. There was a photo at an off-campus party where a white girl could be seen with black paint on her face face wearing a T-shirt with Tupac on it, right? So okay, that apparently is well, she obviously doing a minstrel show too. I assume <laughs> that's a 2016 <laughs> story. So she commented on there. She wrote, "The students involved didn't even know what blackface was." So my point exactly: this wasn't an intentional racist act. Oh, that's what Greer did. Yeah, that sentence oh, has her in hot water. 
Well, there were other ones, too. She did not paint herself black because she felt superior to black people. Putting white powder on your face isn't okay either. That didn't make news. Did it? Was another remark, she said. <laughs> but apparently that's enough for people. So I don't. couldn't you see a producer looking at it and go, well, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's innocuous. That's not a big deal. Well, okay. they, they changed hosts over him defending someone for going to a plantation party. He didn't even go to the party. This girl didn't wear the black face. She has also been seen showing support in 2016 for Donald Trump. Oh, no. She's in trouble for supporting a presidential candidate? That- With one no, of it's, only it's two. The, it's the blackface one, but yeah. And then uh, there's a commenter that said, I used to follow her because she grew up in the same city as me, which it's pretty stupid that you would follow somebody because they're from the same city as you. And we knew some of the same people, That is, but this is exactly why I unfollowed her years ago. Wow. Just, it's so mindless. I, I, I don't know. I, I, when is this whole culture of tattling on people, when is that going to stop? Never. Because I don't understand why it's encouraged. It seems to me it's shit stirs. It's not people who really care. Uh-huh. But it makes and, me And laugh. most people just roll their eyes. But honestly, in many cases, people lose jobs or they, they, they have something on the internet that will always be there. Anytime someone looks them up, and that's bullshit. That is such a good point. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> well, anyway, I just want to say that the show, the entire Bachelor show, and it reminds me of a real relationship because at the beginning, everyone is so nice yeah. and they're so sweet and they're so sexy and they want to make out right away. And then as time goes on, you like them less and less and less until basically you pretty much hate all of them. You, like, see, <laughs> you see their worst. It's like, uh, you know, it's really romantic. You meet somebody and you hang out with them and uh, their birthday's the same day as you. <laughs> but then, you know, you get married and you fast forward and you realize she's still uh, going after all these exes with lots and lots of money. Wabu. So you murder her. Yeah. And, and these women competing against each other is just the most perfect thing. When you have multiple, it's like having multiple job opportunities. Everyone kisses your ass harder and when you put 30 women going for one guy, they're just crazy. They're absolutely nuts because they're so competitive. They want you more. We had it on after the show last night for a little while. And I got to say, there's nothing more cringy than these women getting out of this fucking limo with like a gift for him yeah. to represent who they are. Like the woman who brought coffee from New York. or I know. Uh, some of the worst ideas oh, are found so in that segment. It's always so, so awkward. Like this chick from like two years ago. You're going to fall in love with my hairless pussy. <laughs> that's the, be- that's the best one, actually. She had a cat behind her back. That was the best one. <laughs> well, what I did was I rated every girl, and then I made tried to make a note so I'd remember oh, her. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, but, the, but then when I read the notes, I was like, so broken. My God, I sound like such a dick. Like Jessica ate crazy cute, greasy skin. Ew. Her skin was really greasy. Oh, Ariel, I gave an eight snobby sounding. Charity, 7.5, and then seems legit nice. Uh, Davia, 7.5. Daviap? Davia, not Daviap. Um, she had a JLo dress, like the famous dress oh, she yeah, wore, with the tits that aren't big enough for it, just like JLo. <laughs> so that was my note. That was an easy one. Uh, Gabby. I give her 7-0, count exact. I figured a 7-0 I'm not going to care about. Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Greer 8.0, medical sales, upgrade due to Mondo tits. <laughs> Victoria E 6.0, nanny, Vienna, accent deduction. 
because I couldn't understand her. <laughs> She's from Vienna, Austria. <laughs> I love your notes. That's all right. That's, a, that's the kind of accent you're allowed to not like. Madison, 7.8, business owner and tits. Business, What's her what, name? What, Madison? Madison. Okay. What business does she own? <laughs> I don't know. It just said business owner. That's pretty um, weak. Anastasia, I gave her a 9.0. She was, it was a brief shot of her, and I don't think I saw her enough, See but I thought she was beautiful. I, the 9 is the highest I gave anyway. Um, what did I say? No uh, No doubt body? No body? Like body? Oh, no decent body shot. They didn't have a decent, decent body shot in the shot. Well, that probably means she does well, right? If they don't show much Madison's of them Madison's tubes, I had, to, Ma- uh, I had to Google them, and they are uh, Madison is a disaster. Oh. Madison's a total disaster. I gave her a 7.8. I gave her an upgrade for boobs. Um, <laughs> she had a weird-looking face. Cat, I gave a 6.5. She's a dancer with a New York accent. Annoying. It was very annoying. Uh, Brooklyn's a, an 8 rodeo racer. Bailey, executive recruiter. Greasy face. Another greasy face. Um, and then Katie, I gave her an 8.2. Rackstress. I called her Rackstress. And then uh, Lips. She has beautiful lips. Hmm. Um, and it, both the Katies are K-A-I-T-Y, by the way. Uh, let's see what other notes did I give. Oh, Olivia M. 6.5, five head. She had a huge forehead. <laughs> Unbelievably forehead. Uh, unbelievable forehead. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, Barbara Mandrell's sister's daughter is on the show. Barbara Mandrell, so her niece? Yes, her niece. But she's a Mandrell. She, uh, Christina Mandrell, I gave her an 8.5. She's a content creator. Seems oh, really bossy, wow. and she is really bossy. But fuck, is she hot. As well, is don't you know where her aunt is? Barbara so, Mandrell. Is that why she's so bossy? I, I, I don't know. She's a content creator, though. And then Sonia, I gave her an 8.5. She didn't make the cut. You've got to see Sonia. I can't believe yeah, Sonia didn't make it. She was beautiful. Um, did you record it? Yeah, I did. Uh, it's cued, though, to a scene with Madison. Madison is pulling a swingers. Remember when he keeps calling and leaving messages over and over? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Madison yeah. was like, mm, I haven't even met him yet. Oh, my God, I haven't even met him. And so she interrupts and, and meets him uh, on on. Barbara Mandrell's niece's bus. <laughs> she came up in a bus. And so she took him out to her bus and said, like, let's crash the bus. So they'll go to the bus. They're dancing. And it's all crazy. It's like actually the worst party ever. One guy and 16 girls dancing. <laughs> oh, anyway, then she still hasn't really met him because she was just on the bus. So then she's like, well, I'm going to die for myself. And so she goes and talks to him. And it's boring. And she doesn't kiss him. And then she sees other people making out. Well, I want to make out with him. I made out with him. So she busts her way in again. It's like there are people that haven't even talked to him yet. And she gets a kiss, and it's a really mediocre kiss. Uh, and she makes him gritty. Is that a dance? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Really fucking, he didn't want to do it, and she forced him to do it. And then, let's gritty back. And it's like, oh, bossy, oh, boring. God, Ew, I hate her. And then she's like, very mediocre kiss. So then she goes and talks to him again. And I queued up the third time, and this is when she starts falling apart. Okay, great. A lot. Oh, here she comes. Hello. Can I disrupt you guys for a little bit? Absolutely. Take yeah. all the time you need. Absolutely. I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Just Thank announce it's time so for the for the Rose Hello. giveaway. How are you? Good. How are you doing? It is so good to see you. So good to see you, too. I wanted to disrupt your conversation. Yeah. Um, I don't want to force things, and I want things to come natural. And yeah. Yeah, That's why I'm talking to you for the fourth time. this either A might become or B could have been. Um, I just want to make sure that you want me on this journey. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming to oh. me right now and, and talking to me about fake. this. And, so you fake. Know, I, 
Heads up. I... Slut. I really do. Thank you for being here, and I... I really appreciate getting to know you, but, you know, like as I, I said, I, I never want to lie. And it's I kicking around be before the rose ceremony. Awesome. I, my heart wasn't feeling it. My heart I knew it was my boner. And I don't want to put you through something that's not real because I know what it feels like to be let on, and I don't want that for you. I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't. Go on, bitch. The future with us, but I still think you're awesome. <laughs> I just want to tell you the truth. Thank you. I hope you understand. You might show me your tits before you leave. That. She appreciates that? Really? Okay. No, she doesn't because that's what we can leave right now. Okay, let's see. She's gonna start crying pretty soon. Oh boy. I think she cries on her way out here. Heads up, here comes. Three. Somebody got a dick? Two. One. Zero. Oh. Oh. Come on, keep it together. Classic girl move. Walking down the long driveway all by herself in the clomping shoes. I love the look on his face as he, he's watching her walk away crying. It can only be described as, I did that. <laughs> and he's very proud about it. Literally want to... Oh, God. I cannot believe that I gave up my life for him. Give <laughs> up your life? What? what? And, uh, I know what I deserve, and it's not that. And <laughs> then why are you there? I know for a fact he does not know what he's missing out on. Yeah, I think he does. Cause I think he gave him a lot. <laughs> Talk to him more than anyone. What, what was wrong? <laughs> What did I do wrong? <laughs> you wouldn't leave him alone. You annoyed him, yeah. You're bossy. I want to start off by talking about um, the fact that maybe you all saw that Madison's no longer here. You know, wanting to stay true to myself and being left the building and open with my feelings. I never want to lead anyone on. So, um, <laughs> go after the commercials. You know, I think there's more of Madison. Her, or actually, go to 157, the preview for the year. You That's, know why she's so sad? make sure that y'all going to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why the reason why she's so sad is if you get eliminated on the first night, you can't go on and do other bachelor things. You can't do bachelor no, in paradise or come back the next to be the bachelorette. She didn't even make it to the rose ceremony. She, she could have said, "Yeah, me and six other girls got booted." No, she got booted first. So anybody else booted can say, "No, I wasn't the first kicked out." That is such a good That's point. That's right after this commercial, I think. <laughs> right after the good doctor. Oh, oh god. Get you a Louis Vuitton purse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, skydiving! That's great. You get over your fears with your future partner. Adventure, filled with love. Dancing. He loves spoon standing. Choppers. I feel like that magnetic pull with her. And romance. It's your boner. I truly see Zach as my husband. Making out. so exciting to be the bachelor it feels literally it's so like great having 30 beautiful women kiss your ass Let's until go. you have the 10 left all bitching at you once as you'll see i'm here to find my best friend and spend the rest of my life oh, with dad. someone that loves me and i love them they're like your personal cheerleaders who is this dude He's adult. I'm telling you, he's adult. He is adult. Emotionally intelligent. He's got giant nostrils. All of us want the guy. There's the bachelor leap where you wrap your legs around him. It's officially called the bachelor leap. I definitely see myself falling in love with Zach. 
Whoa. I am definitely falling Making out on choppers. Sparks are literally flying. I'm falling in love with you, and I can see a future with you. I've waited. I've really waited for this moment to truly experience Yeah, we'll wait till they love. all hate him at once. I'm falling in love with you, and I can tell you 10 million times again and again. Before I met you, I honestly didn't think that I could be this happy. <laughs> Zach seems like that the perfect guy. Those are hard to find these days. Oh, there's a girl crying in a thong bikini on stairs. It's like I care about him so much. Doesn't he miss me as much as I miss him? I'm terrified that at the end of this, it's not me. We all want Zach, so the claws are going to come out. I'm like already jealous. Where's Zach? What? This is so awkward. so awkward. What I have with Zach is amazing. And I don't want it to look, go look away. Look at that girl. I'm upset that I haven't gotten a one-on-one. There's Greasy Face. Greasy Face. She's Ooh. manipulative. Nice are you good for me? Yes. I don't know if I believe on a stuff. Yes. Why are you making this about you? Christina is spreading lies and trying to play the victim card. See, now it's hell. It goes from heaven to hell. Who thinks that up? Oh, God. Look Zach crying. I just so confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope he still wants me. Look, everybody's crying. Everyone. My heart's torn. Why is it happening? <laughs> I've pain, and I've made mistakes. I just hope at the end of the day, it's all worth it. Oh, look, look at that. He's bawling, he's sobbing. How does this happen? It's just like shocking. I didn't ever think it was gonna be like this. <laughs> I still love her, and it might be too late. But true love is worth fighting for. God, you have to fight for love. In this world. Am I too broken for anyone to love? <laughs> Just gotta figure out which ones are whores and which ones are normies. <laughs> that's really that's really what he's thinking in his head when he meets them all. Just gotta figure out which ones are whores and which ones are normies. Because <laughs> I'm so broken. I had a misunderstanding with this bitch, but everything's been taken care of. I, I paid her off, so we're cool. <laughs> is, he, is, is his voice kind of separate at birth with the, I mean, some friends here? I've never got <laughs> he, sounds, he, like he's, he sounds like he's pushing his voice a little bit. I couldn't figure out what was weird about him looking at him, and it's that he's got abnormally large nostrils. He's he's one of the the nerds that's gone the farthest in the history of the show. Now he takes. Oh, his, he's been on before. Yeah, he was oh, on okay. last year. He made it to the final four, I think. And he takes his shirt off constantly because he does have abs. I mean, if, if, I, if I had abs, I'd, I'd, I would never do it. I'd never have of a shirt course. on. No, but he's he's just kind of nerdy, I think. Hmm. No. The worst part, truly, is that I made some real friends here. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm ever going to see him again. <laughs> he pushes his voice, though. <laughs> Let's go sniff out some beef. <laughs> um, somebody sent me a story show. yesterday on Adam Duritz. Oh, yeah. And it was about pretty much about his team photo. And I know we've been through it before, but it was declaring him to be like the... Like Toxman. he has been inside mm -hmm. the absolutely finest women. It's either him or Bayo, but yeah. Well, I think they were saying he's the the next generation okay. after Bayo okay. because he, he had took peak, the torch. <laughs> he had peak Aniston, Emily Ross. They said peak Aniston too. Nineteen ninety five, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Trishel Real World. What? Which, which is a real name? Yeah, he nailed Trishel Real World. Really? Yes. Trishel yeah. Real World. 
Christine, can you pull up Miss Real World's uh, Who Dated Who? I want to see who else she's put out. Oh, Trichelle, yeah. She She was so hot. She was skanking around for a while. Christina Applegate, peak Christina Applegate. Uh, Courtney Cox, C-O-C-K-S. Winona Ryder. And Lara Flynn Boyle, uh, pre-Jack Nicholson, peak Lara Flynn Boyle. Pre-anorexia. There's a few more. So his original, like they were declaring that his his starting rotation originally was like a back-to-back murderer's row. It was like Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. I mean, Aniston Betts, what, third in that, right? Aniston Betts second. Winona Ryder leads off. Aniston Betts second. Cox hits third. And then (laughs) Mary Louise Parker hit cleanup. Yeah. That was peak Mary Louise Parker in 97. Yeah. She was strong. Oh, no, I was I was just reordering them in my own mind. As yeah, I, I think Aniston would hit cleanup. Winona clean would probably up, hit okay. third. Because she'd be your, maybe your best overall hitter. Yeah. yeah. Trishel um, is, I mean, she's... Mary Louise Parker would be a good leadoff hitter. Courtney Cox hit second. But that's, I mean, that's a murderer's row. Those four right in a row. He was that's, also that's dating amazing. Emmy Rossum back in 09 and 2010. Yeah, Emmy She Rossum. was like in her early 20s. What, okay, what's his secret? I don't know, but he's single Dreadlocks. now. Uh, that was kind of like, who is he going to nail next? Because he's been single for a while, and he hasn't really had any public girlfriends, so to speak. What's he look like now? Is he, isn't he huge? He looks kind of weird now. Didn't he looks we different. see him on a show where, like, oh my God. Yeah, his hair's really short, and he looked bizarre. He's pineapple <laughs> head. But there was also some other people in his, te- in his uh, Who Dated Who, Monica Potter, jo- Joanna Going, and Samantha Mathis, who I think was a slump buster. I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't know <laughs> who she ninth. is, but she looked like a slump buster. She's coming out of the pen. She, she's definitely a utility player on this team. <laughs> oh, wow. It's bizarre now. He must be just hung, right? He's I think he be. wears a well, he's wig. He's into counting crows. I mean, that doesn't hurt any. So the counting crows is going to get you that much trim? I don't think All so. All because he's of Mr. Jones? I know he's the lead singer, but there's a lot of lead singers out there. What makes him more special than any other lead singer? I don't. Maybe because it was the '90s. I mean, how many people in the '90s were really out there hustling the 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 primo chicks? I mean, Eddie Vedder's not that kind of guy. Mm. Cobain was uh, was was yeah. battened down with Courtney Love. Yeah. You mentioned Trishel real quick. Hers is Leo Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow, of course, DiCaprio was in there. The Miz. Of course, w- that makes WWE. sense. Yeah, some dudes named Stephen Hill and Blair Herder. Some uh, Stephen Stephen was on the was he Andy on, Dick. He was on the Real World. We knew Andy did because Andy we called Dick's him about there, it yeah. once. What did he say? I forgot what he said about it. I think he kind of downplayed it, didn't he? Yeah, some guy named Adam Larson, some dude named Chad Lindbergh, Adam Duritz, and then John Heinz. I got to tell you, she could do a lot better. <laughs> yeah, amen. And so um, then it led to um, Winona Ryder, who had kind of a murderer's row of dick. <laughs> <laughs> with Rob Lowe, st- kicking off with Rob Lowe, Johnny Depp, Christian Slater, wow. Gary Oldman, Dave Perner, Rockstar Dick, Dave uh, Adam Duritz, Dave Duchovny, Stefan Jenkins, Dave Grohl, Matt Damon, Chris Noth, and that's 2000 peak Noth Dick Chris when he was on Noth. Sex and the City. That was when his dick was peaking. Uh, Beck, Fallon, Pete Yorn, Connor Oberst, Val Kilmer, Keanu Reeves, and Tom Green. Wow. And then James Gooding and Scott McKinley Hahn, who I think she's been with for a while. But how did Tom Green get in there? Was that what just one? Did she fuck Tom Green just to say, "Hey, you know, a lot of people can fuck me. It's not just the Johnny Depp's." Or it was on a dare. Or maybe it was a slump buster for her. Was that like <laughs> right after Drew Barrymore on, on or dare. something? <laughs> on a dare. <laughs> oh, that's true. Barrymore might have lifted him up. She she probably put a couple points on him. Oh, did you see Barrymore had uh, Corey Feldman on her show? No, <laughs> and it was only of interest because apparently they dated when they were both like in their teens. Really, and they were really, really famous. Did they introduce him to Comeback King? 
Uh, you know what? I should pull. You should watch some of it because he's so bizarre. And yeah. He, but he's he. How do I say this? I like laughing at him, but he's kind of he's kind of self aware about a lot of things and not self aware about certain things. That, yeah, am I making any I'm sense? I'm kind of entertained by him in a, in a weird way. He seems like he he means well, and I think that's kind of the problem. He almost means too well. Yeah, I would agree with that. So he lets people take advantage of him, like the angels. Oh. Angels. Oh, the girlfriend's solo on her piano so Awesome. That was <laughs> funniest so things awesome. I've ever seen. Oh, I think I saved it. It was so good. But did people... Oh, he looks great on Drew Barrymore. Oh, you. I just oh hang on. I gotta switch that. Sorry. Can oh, I God, play look this... How, uh, look how fucking excited excuse she Excuse me, guys. I'm trying to play oh, the sorry. Courtney Feldman piano solo. And ladies and gentlemen, she's telling it too. She plays keyboards, synthesizer. She's our VJ, our DJ, our ballerina, our health coach, and of course... This is so cool, and its simplicity is beautiful. It makes it even better than him dancing to it. To the beat. <laughs> it's so stupid. Did you guys know Winona Ryder had a murderer's row of dick? I did I not, just never thought about it. I'm not aware it. of that. Yeah. I don't know if those guys ever get together and line up and cross penises like baseball bats. <laughs> Back. Do you want to see any of this? Would there be dope? a baseball card like. <laughs> a baseball card of their dick. Want <laughs> somebody has fuck face written on their head? <laughs> well, you used to have those That's cards joke, where like they'd have three people, three people in it. would be like manager's dream. <laughs> Frank yeah. Robinson, uh, you know. Mickey Mantle. I, I was talking about. Yeah. Do you want to see this? Idiot? Murder's row of dick. Johnny Depp, Rob Blue, Christian Slater. It's an ongoing journey, right? And yeah. we try to learn and grow. He's and so deep. Soak it all in and hopefully grasp something, right? Because we were such kids together. Nice you know, like sometimes yeah, I'll say to people, like, we were just kids. Like, it's a kind of a euphemism. We were in our 20s. We were kids. We were literally kids. Yeah. Do you remember our first You were in your 20s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Corey, I, I might have missed it, or maybe it's coming up, but they mentioned how they um, would get high together, go to rehab, get high together, and go back to rehab. No, tell me. <laughs> you really don't remember? Well, I might when you okay, okay, reboot okay. the memory, because so, I have so many can memories. I just, can totally I tell the story? Please, are you can kidding? I tell the story? Okay. All right. So, how I, I get a call one day. My grandmother says... Uh, uh, we got a call from Steven's office and the little girl from E.T. wants to meet you because she's got a crush on you. Oh, yeah, I did. The biggest. It's a true story. But everyone did. <laughs> oh, thank you. I didn't feel that way. You know I didn't feel that way because I was very insecure. Right? And you were Still not... Still am a little bit, but I'm, I'm over it a little bit. But that's what made me love you because I... <laughs> You know, loved the idea of you and I loved you as an actor. No, and you saw him on the screen human, and you thought he was to cute. Know you, I, that's what I was always drawn to was your lack of ego. And we were around <laughs> many nice people, but many people who fell prey you were like to thirteen, Right. And you didn't. Well, okay, so Steven so Spielberg calls you. Right. So another so, great so, well, not Steven himself, but you know. Someone his, in his, his office. Gambling. Steven Spielberg yeah, yeah, yeah. called right? And they're like, yeah, so uh, the little girl from E.T., you know, Drew Barrymore. And so I'm like, yeah, I know who Drew Barrymore is, of course. Yeah, and they're like, well, she's got a crush on you. Yeah. And her mom was wondering if you guys would be able to get together and Great go mom, like, on a way. little play date. 
Like yeah, mom was in Playboy kid, when she was right? like 50. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do it, you know? So uh, we arranged for me, and of course, neither of us drove because I was still living at my grandparents and you were living with your mom. Yep. And uh, your Years mom, away from getting you know, our licenses. Yes, indeed. I was... Yeah, they were like 10. I believe 12 licenses or 13. Did she get? Yep. And you were 10 or 11. <laughs> yep. So that was the little gap there. Yeah, right? the, I meant it when I said kids. Yeah, we were literally kids. So, and it was so cute. So, like, I remember Sounds taking you to the movies. I remember exactly which movie theater it was. It was... Uh, the one next to the Gelson's parking lot. Uh, I mean, they're basically, oh God, I'm so glad you remember exactly what theater, because that really relates to I me. I was just going to say that. They're basically reminiscing Nobody about cares. one thing that they did and nobody else can really relate to. It's a story. They're, they're very into themselves right now. Um, but don't we all know that they ended up being really bad drug addicts in like two years after that? Yeah, and those stories would be much better. Yeah. They parked at Gelson's, by the way. I don't know if you, you I still, just You're saw still that reading the, the caption. Yeah. yeah. That's really very relatable. Oh, oh, boy. How adorable. Do you want to hear the late night news I was going to talk about? Yeah, what was the late night news? So late night news. Stephen A. Smith was on um, Sean Hannity because Stephen A.'s got a book out now. So yeah. He's going everywhere and talking about it. And he said on Hannity that he wants to take over Jimmy Kimmel's show. Like, he wants to be the host. And I was thinking about it. Wouldn't he be a great late night host? Stephen A. Smith? Oh, I think he'd be fantastic. I think he'd be good doing anything, really. He said, I'm interested in doing late night. I'd love to be the heir apparent to Jimmy Kimmel. I believe I can do that. I would throw everybody for a loop. My politics would throw everybody off because I'd be fair to everybody and I'd listen to everybody, which I, Stephen A. Smith's not known for listening. The heir uh, apparent. How, I wait, love it. How old is Stephen A. Smith? He's pretty old. He's older good than luck. I think he looks. Jimmy right? Kimmel. When is, is Jimmy Kimmel quitting? Stephen A. Smith is 55. Jimmy Kimmel's like 54, I think. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel. He's I, uh, 55. I thought they're, they're the same age. I thought there's been talk about Kimmel stepping down because he's been doing it for so long. He's just kind of I hurt. thought he signed a long deal. Uh, that article said that he's, uh, he's up in 2025, so two years left. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I just like that that's so outside of the box. I would totally watch Stephen A. Smith do a late That is show. blasphemous. I mean, can you can you picture him doing a monologue and being good at it? Yeah, I could actually. If he's got writers, yeah, yeah, I could. I guess. I mean, Kim Kardashian did it. I, I would I would prefer to watch him over you know Colbert or Fallon. It's so disrespectful. Yeah. Seth yeah. Meyers like that. Or, or James Corden right now. I don't really know what a how broad his audience is. He's so sports, 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 sports. I mean, I can literally not, forget if, about yeah. him for six months. Remember, he did a radio show for a long time. I don't know. I'm behind it. But when does he not talk about sports? Oh, he does. So occasionally, not on this. The team. New York Knicks are trash. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's arguing with himself. You're not on you're not on board for Stephen A. Smith doing a late night show? Well first of all, I can't believe he would be better than Jimmy Kimmel. Well, I think that's just the name he threw out. That is blasphemous. Uh, yeah, maybe he's bored of doing what he's doing. I don't know. At this point in his career, if he'd done it sooner, I would probably be more optimistic about it. He gets six million, doesn't he, with ESPN right now? He's. I love it. I I thought he made more than that. Oh, is he? I think so. You know, last time I checked the salaries at ESPN, the women made more than most of the men. Oh really? Yeah, and the explanation was that there there just aren't that many women doing it, and the ones that are good are really in demand, so they're able to hike up their salaries. And didn't Maria Taylor just get a ton of money to go to NBC? 
Hmm. I don't know why. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't get it. Stephen A's contract is eight million with ESPN, and then he gets another four million on uh, production deals that he does with them. So twelve million total. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Um, what what is uh, late night? Does late night pay a lot more than that? Late night's audience, by the way, is just dying. I'm frankly, I'm amazed they pay the hosts of late night what they pay them now. Yeah, because their audience is just drifting down, 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 down. Kimmel gets fifteen million. Um, for like one point four million. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he gets a lot of clicks on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they make on their YouTube accounts. It's kind of a Fallon gets sixteen million. I, you know, his ratings are. He has lost so much audience. I, I don't know it's how. It's I, not that's good because it's they're afraid to change. They're just they're so afraid of change. But if it's somebody new, what if they go lower than Jimmy? Uh, we had to break them in. And, uh, Let's see, what does Colbert get? He gets $15 million, so that seems to be the going rate. Yeah. What does a guy on Fox make? He's got oh, the yeah. biggest audience. Yeah. Should renegotiate. Yeah. I think that's a, that's just a... His is... What? $19 million. Well, There you go. And, and that's really just because people won't watch any of the other three. They politically feel differently, so even though I don't think Gutfeld is the best host, I don't think he's the funniest, but he does you don't have, have to listen to all the lefty stuff. He does have the advantage, though, of being live at 8 p.m. on the West Coast, too, but no, he's still doing something. He's still beating them all. But even he only has, like, 2.4 million. I mean, it's just nothing like yeah, the old numbers. so segmented now. So there was a uh, there was a radio event that I thought was really interesting, not for the reasons that uh, most people were saying, but the... Uh, the longtime morning guy, WXRT in Chicago, which is really one of the last longtime alternative FM rock music radio stations, mm-hmm. Lynn Bremer died. And Lynn did mornings from uh, 91 to 2019 when he moved to middays. And I think part of that had to do with he was fighting cancer, and so he didn't want to get up so early in the morning, and he passed away this week. He was 68, but he worked in Albany for seven years, went to XRT as music director for 84 to 89. He was a real music lover, just a real nut about music, very knowledgeable. Your parents gave you a girly name to toughen you up. I like it. So he went to uh, WTZC in Minnesota from 90 to 91, came back to XRT as the morning guy because he was doing... He was on air in Minnesota, and they just they had an opening in the morning for some reason. So he was mornings forever, and he got um, they put him up on the scoreboard outside Wrigley Field, and he was on the scoreboard at the Metro, which is where I think he saw a million shows. But I mean, it was a big deal in Chicago, and he was truly a just a music guy and a uh, not when I whenever I went home or listened to Chicago radio. Once I found the the rabble rousers on the loop. Yeah, you know, like Bram Meyer and Kevin Matthews and Stephen Gary. I, I was stuck on those guys, but you know, the XRT people were the real music lovers, and they stuck with the music format all this time. Although they're one of the few stations that, to this day, plays a format that actually will jump around and play deep cut, real deep cuts. I'm not talking about the firm. Mm. I'm talking about real deep cuts, and and in my opinion, good deep cuts. And they have a big library. And when something happens, like, uh the death of Lynn Bremer or a rock star or whatever, they'll actually break format. And so Lynn Good. died. And yeah. so they actually did like a, a full uh, day tribute to him. 
and they actually somebody listed the songs they played because they were they were trying to play uh, tracks that Lynn loves, and just the idea that a radio station on FM in 2023 would play this variety of music for any period of time just almost blew my mind. Mm. I actually wrote down the songs. Uh, Times Like These by the Foo Fighters, Midnight Mile by the Stones, mm. This Must Be the Place, Talking Heads, Jesus, Etc., Wilco, Black by Pearl Jam, The Road, Emmy Lou Harris, uh, Can I Believe You, Fleet Foxes, Blues Traveler, Hook, Linger, Cranberry, Starman by Bowie, One by U2, Chicago by Sufjan Stevens, Three Little Birds, Bob Marley, 1979, Pumpkins, The Wheel, Jerry Garcia, All for the Love of Rock and Roll by Tough Darts, Night Swimming, R.E.M., Lips Like Sugar, Echo and the Bunnymen. I mean, they're in every decade, too. In My Life, The Beatles, Pictures of You, wow. The Cure, The Rain Song, Zeppelin, uh, My Babe by Spoon, uh, Weather With You, Crowded House. That's, a, that's like the fourth Crowded House track that nobody plays, but it's probably one of their more popular tracks. Good song. Fix You by Coldplay, All These Things I've Done, The Killers, Champagne and Reefer by Muddy Waters, With the Rolling wow. Stones, uh, live in Chicago. Um, out of the Blue, Loxy Music, I've Arrived, My Morning Jacket, Whenever You're On My Mind, Marshall Crenshaw. Oh, what a great My mind. Uh, Wonderwall, Oasis, I'll Take You There, Staple Sisters, Harvest Moon, Crazy Horse. That's Neil Young, I think, not Crazy Horse, isn't it? Not sure. Hear My Train and Coming, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, Bookends Theme, Simon and Garfunkel, Soul Singing, Black Crows, Lawyers, Guns, and Money, Warren Zevon. We're going to be... Wait, what is it? We're going to be, oh, we're going to be friends, White Stripes. Uh, can't Hardly Wait, Replacements. I mean, who plays the Replacements? No one. Nobody. Mine Forever, Lord Huron, Heroes by Bowie, I Got You by Wilco, Ripple, Grateful Dead, Girl Like You, Smithereens, Can't Let Go by, oh, Lucinda Williams. I mean, it's clear XRT needs to capitalize on this and put out a playlist yeah. on Spotify. Manish Boy, Muddy Waters, Loadout and Stay, Jackson Brown, Senses Working Overtime, XTC, Carry Me, David Crosby, Picture Book, The Kinks, Loving Cup, The Stone, Save It for Later, English Beat, No Excuses, Alice in Chains, Crying Roy Orbison, Colors by the Black God, Pumas. all over the place. It's so all over the place. There is a light, uh, the Smiths, Soul Shine, Almond Brothers, Hold On, Alabama Shakes, In the Light, Led Zeppelin. Oh, what a great track. Wondering Where the Lions Are, Bruce Cockburn. Yes, his name is Bruce Cockburn, but that's a, that's a good track nobody plays. This song is over by The Who. Cock. Stand By Me, Lennon, Minutes to Memories, John Mellencamp, which actually was like, John, what is that John Mellencamp song? It's a, it's a deep track on uh, The Scarecrow. Rain on, wait, Rain on the Scarecrow? It's a good track, though. Really good. In fact, I listen to every track I didn't know in here. I listened to I like them all. Yellow by Coldplay. Is It Time, Tame Impala. It's a Shame About Ray, Lemonheads. Uh, Better Man, Pearl Jam. Spit of You, Sam Fender. Ghost in You, Psychedelic Furs. Cognac by Jeff Beck, Keith Richards, and Buddy Guy. Doing Time, Sublime, Gimme Shelter. Next! Blue, Blue Red, and Gray, The Who. R-O-C-K by Garland Jeffries. On the radio, Cheap Trick, Muhammad's Radio, Warren Zevon, Loving Cup to Stones, Birth School, Work Death by the Godfathers, No Hard Feelings by the Abbott Brothers, Satellite of Love, Lou Reed, uh, Hardcore Troubadour, Steve Earle, Keep Me in Your Heart, Warren Zevon, and he wrapped it, they wrapped it with All Things Must Pass. But that was just the last, that was like the last seven hours, I think, or last eight hours. And I was like, there's no, no radio station plays variety like that. Two things That's I, insane. Two things I'd love to know. Number one, how many calls did they get from people going, 
Why are you playing this? Did you guys change formats? You know, who has no idea what's going on? I don't think the XRT listener would actually say that. I oh, think really? That okay. Their audience is so, it's like a cult. It's kind of a, a musical cult that just doesn't so they, die. So they didn't have to have a sweeper between every song. <laughs> of, in memory of Lynn Bremmer. They probably, dead. knowing the XRT audience, they probably knew Lynn Bremmer died. I'm just guessing. Um, I'm well, sure they talked funny. about I it because they had all the jocks were on. There is a Spotify times. playlist of the last stuff he played on his last day on the show. Oh, really? Uh, which is almost as eclectic. But my other thought is, do you think they ran spots that day? I don't know. Yeah. I you do. think so? They're, they're weird. I mean, they are, they are different. They've always taken that place and it, and honestly for a while i think a lot of people thought oh it's not working it's not gonna work so and then commercial it settled breaks? in they i don't know maybe not what i don't know what day of the week was this done on i don't it was during the week it oh, was not wow, on the weekend. okay they probably ran they probably ran breaks in memory of lynn bremer here's another break but it did remind <laughs> comes to your local honda dealership uh, lynn bremer really would like us to pay some bills right now <laughs> <laughs> Um, I noticed there were a few songs in there though, and I, I from Adventureland soundtrack, which I watched. Yeah. Have you seen Adventureland lately? It's been a long I, time. I love that fucking movie, and that soundtrack is so damn good. They've got two replacement songs on there: "Unsatisfied Bastards of Young." They've got uh, "Here She Comes" by the Velvet Underground. Uh, let's see. Modern Love. I'm Rock in Love with a Girl. Days. Big stars on there. Pale Blue Eyes. Yeah, Modern Love Bowie. Satellite of Love, Lou Reed. Don't Change in Excess. Dance Hall Days. Tops by the Stones, which they play when Lisa P is here. <laughs> Do you remember Lisa P? I don't. It's been forever. There's a whole scene where this guy at the adventure park is around going, Lisa P's here. Lisa P's back. Lisa P's back. <laughs> and Jesse Eisenberg doesn't know who Lisa P is. And so then you see her in slow-mo walking. She's just super hot to that Stone song. I'll take you to the top. And, and he ends up going out with her, and she's just crazy hot. And there's a really funny conversation. Too. Actually, it's on YouTube, I think. If you, if you do Lisa P is here on YouTube, yeah, just hit that. Lisa P is back. Lisa P is back. Lisa P? Did you hear that? Lisa P is back. The conversation with Jesse Eisenberg has a really funny line in it. Brennan, Brennan, Lisa P is back. Who's Lisa P? Oh, mother of crap, who's Lisa P? That's Lisa P. Great line here. Have you ever heard she's in slow mo? Licking an ice cream cone. Slut. Guys, some great lines about her ass when she turns around here. There's the nerd trying to get with her. It's a platonic ideal. That ass is a higher truth. Look, look at the, that middle portal of light just below the crotch, right where the thigh meets the pudendum. The pudendum? Are you pre-med? I'm telling you, man, I've had dreams about that diamond shirt before. I could just come over here, man. Be cool. Okay. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Kelly. This guy says something really stupid so right I didn't away. I expect you to, to be back here. Oh man, I had my whole summer like mapped out. Laying out by the pool by day, dancing by night. My dad got injured on the job. He's laid up, so I got to help out. Sorry to hear that. My mom has shingles. <laughs> You're so uh, bummed. Well, oh. I got to go run the Music Express. I don't want Paul that bitch in the water my first day. I'm Lisa. James. I heard you've lost a giant ass panda at knife point. Did you? Yes, my legend precedes me. 
Uh, uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, James. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Lisa. Bye. 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 Bye, Lisa. Bye, Kelly. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I couldn't really hear anything because the the song was so high in the mix. She said, I heard you lost a big-ass panda at knife yeah. point. And he said, I guess my legend precedes me. And she goes, what? <laughs> nice to meet you. She's such an idiot. <laughs> She's not too bright. My I love, I love Jesse hot. Eisenberg. Yeah, he's in a lot of good flicks. Have you, seen, have you seen the show that's on Hulu right now with him called Fleischman is in Trouble? Is it good? It's, it's really, I liked it a lot. It's really um, intriguing in the plot. What they explain it to you isn't really kind of, there's a big twist in it, blah, blah. But he is married to Claire Danes, who I've decided nobody plays a psycho chick better than Claire Danes. Hmm. You know, you remember her in Homeland? I wasn't a big Homeland watcher. Oh, God. I, I did watch episodes. She's, a, she's a terrible crier. But um, he's a doctor in New York, and she's like this big-time publicist who does better than him. And they get divorced, and he's in his 40s, so he turns to all these uh, dating apps. So he's just banging chicks all over the place. <laughs> and he's, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a really interesting show. He's really good. He was also in um, Vivarium, which is such a weird movie. Yeah, I, I saw it and I was afraid to say anything about it because I, I thought people would start billing me for it immediately. But I liked it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it, people either loved it or hated it, which I thought would be the case. Uh, he's got a string of really good movies. Um, Social Network's great. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Bieber sold his catalog for $200 million. Why? I don't know. I, I mean, is it because... I assume the feeling is sell it now or you might regret it yeah. because all these people have sold their catalogs for huge money. And, you know, I assume if you own all the music, which this one company is attempting to do. Is it a hedge fund? Because I know a lot of hedge funds are buying. There's a couple companies um, that are yeah. buying up catalogs, and this is one of them. I can't think of their name. But I'm Who's stunned. Well, it's a constant I revenue stream, right? It's never Justin yeah. Bieber will always pay. I'm a little surprised that Justin Bieber would only bring in $200 million because he is the biggest star of this period. The biggest. Bruce Springsteen's music is 40, 50, 30 years old, and he gets $500 million. I don't know. It just seems like this, his music, Bieber's music is in the zone that's going to be known for in the next 20 years as the classic. But if it's such a good asset because... You have income constantly coming in. Why wouldn't he just keep it? I'm not sure. I just oh, what's his name? Justin Timberlake sold his for a hundred million. Huh? I thought really? I thought he was one of the big artists of that. Because these guys like Dylan and and Springsteen, Dylan. who are getting more than that, they're so old. Their music is so old. I agree, it's great. But is this is this a belief that? That Justin's music doesn't have as big a legs as their probably, catalogs? Probably, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't think it would, but of course in the article, he's a once-in-a-generation talent. Well, at some point he'll become a nostalgic act, right? Yeah. Well, s some nostalgia plays better than others. Uh, I mean, is there Justin Bieber music that you crank in your car? I couldn't name one song other than that one that Thank Brandon, you, Justin. That Brandon just played. I, can't I, I really know that either. one and then the one where he talks about buying his weed in California. That's the, the only two songs I know. Well, he has... The story is talking about how he has so many great collaborations yeah. 
Which yeah, sure. I don't know. Does that mean they're great songs though? Yeah. Uh, he has twenty six top tens. Oh, that stay song, which he—that's not even his song. That says two point three billion streams. He's got eight number ones and eight number one albums, but he is twenty eight. So I mean, at a certain point, you don't really—the hits don't always keep yeah. coming. The wannabe Justin Bieber. For some reason, I thought he would have more number ones than that, because he's—I mean, he's such a big streaming. Artist, I, I don't know who streams him now. I mean, it's not little girls anymore. I assume. Mm -mm. No, I don't know. Maybe girls in their twenties and gay guys, whores. Um, because if you remember, you know, it was only um, because I saw this clip not too long ago. It was it was from like 2018, and he was playing. <laughs> he was playing live. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. He wasn't. It wasn't like he was 17 or something. He was probably 24 years old, and he was playing a show. <laughs> he was making this. He was giving this speech that was so deep. And the audience was just going, just screaming over him. And he like dropped the mic. He was so mad. Because he's trying to be deep? Yeah, because he was trying to be deep. And these these 15-year-old girls were screaming. I, I just I Justin Bieber opens up about mental health during his performance at the Freedom Experience. Oh. I guess this is how you get audience now. He wants to I hear that. And been very open about mental health issues. Can cause addiction, abuse, self-harming, uh, suicide at times. Woo! Suicide! And if you're watching this tonight and you're Love struggling you with any of these issues, that's great. Um, no! right Play a song. Take off your shirt. Text hope to eight five five. Seven seven. Oh, write that down. Three one three one. I'm gonna read the, uh, read that one more time. Maybe it's on the screen. <laughs> if it's not, it's eight five. Is, five. He's so reading off of a is, piece of paper on by his feet. Is this for real though? No, this, is this something this is, he really insisted virtue. on doing, or is yeah, virtue, virtue signaling. signaling? But maybe it saved that one life. The person who was about to commit suicide at a show and they typed out them. that number. Does in anybody their phone? have a pen? They called the number instead. Does anybody have a pen? So they didn't kill themselves at a Justin Bieber show. Where things are usually really happy. I have to and say, a nice distraction from real life. My experience is any concert I've ever been to where someone has no. interrupted the show no. to talk for a long time about anything yeah. has been not well received. Yeah, you too is probably the worst one I've seen live. Where he was just rambling on. It's like, okay, can you just play a song? I'm trying to think what he rambles about. Bo Boner? Bono? Yeah. Everything. Um, yeah, that, last time I saw him, he was not. Africa. He was doing a lot of rambling. They were cranking. They were jamming through tunes. He oh. he did used to do more of that. Doesn't Roger Waters have like a fifteen minute presentation before his show? Yeah, not when I not when I saw him. And no, he tells no, everybody like, to fuck off before he, he's like, yeah, he's like a fuck you if you don't want to hit. But here we go, and then he goes into a fifteen minute thing about Israel and. Uh, uh, oh, he actually talks it through himself. No, it's oh. a, I thought it was a video, but yeah. Like a long, Ugh. rambling one. I don't know. That, boy, that's really going to get the crowd pumped Don up. Don Henley used to talk a lot about Walden Woods. Woods. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, boring. Nobody cared. Eddie Vedder has been known to ramble a little bit. Yeah, there's uh, there's some ramblers out there. Bruce used to tell stories to introduce the songs. That's okay. And they were the same story every night. That, that used to be a VH1, Storytellers. <laughs> It's another one that disappeared. God damn it. That was a good show. Hashtag bring back VH1. <laughs> I miss it. Hey, John Hinckley played live last night. He did. He finally got a gig. Do you think he had great stage banter? Yeah. About what? Gun control? How did, how did he get a live gig? 
Was this a spontaneous live gig or a real live gig, I just, Brandon? I, I think he pulled the compound media Anthony Cumia like method where I'm going to have oh, a, oh, okay. Hey, everybody, what, I'm going to have do? a show, but I can't tell you where yeah. it's going to be because it'll get canceled. Anthony does, does gigs, live gigs, and they don't announce it until a few hours before the gig. People gather in the town where that, he says it's going to be. Yeah, but is that really what Hinkley did? I don't know because I th- he didn't even mention he mentioned what state he was in. He did the gig in Virginia. Uh, I mean, that picture right there just screams energy. <laughs> Look at his eyes. Sad I thing know. is, all the comments are you know they're all like you're the king. I love you. Hey, come to L.A. and oh, then it's and them. then it's mixed with gifs of uh, of Ronald yeah, Reagan, Reagan being shot. Shot. What a shot! There's one comment. Come to Columbus, Ohio. You're the king. I, I just can't believe that there be- is not some doctor of his that says. This is a really bad idea. No, no, no. That doctor retired, so it's totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> oh, That's true. That's why he's free now, because his doctor retired. Yeah. He had a team of doctors. Do you think he's really upset? Like, well, I should have got an older doctor a long time ago, so he would have retired. retired in 86, and he would have been out. What a joke. Brandon, search YouTube. There's got to be. Somebody had to have filmed that, right? Sorry to Jody Foster. Even if he played in front of, like, five people, because... The picture on Hink Dog's uh, Twitter is so close to him, you don't see anybody in the audience or anybody else on stage. So he's there's got to be video of it somewhere. I don't think so. Really? No, there's not. Nothing. Nothing on, nothing on YouTube, the YouTube. Honestly, I, I bet you. I bet you that he played in front of like six people at an open mic. He looks great. But he wanted to make sure that you knew that hey, I performed at a venue in Virginia. Everything went great. Can he get rid of that exclamation point after great? Because he's never like, been that excited. It went great. That way for future venues, you know you can book me and I won't back out. Oh, there's go, um, man. Well, if you want to look as good as John Hinckley Jr., why don't you try going to Manscaped? Manscaped.com. They got lots of... Uh, Hink Dog Manscapes. Yeah. Well, I'm sh- gross. Um, but they got a lot of things to make you look better and be your best man. You know, they have shampoo and conditioner. They have those boxer shorts, of course, the razor, you know, the original razor to shave your pubes. Well, now they have the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh save, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. And you got to have a Got to have a signature beard look, right? I use it all the should, time. You should even copyright it because it's such a great signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet. By going to manscaped.com using promo code DREW, you can get 20% off and free shipping. And it's just as good as their pube razor. It's waterproof. It's got a light on it. Lots of stuff. Titanium-coated blade for your face. So, and I, but, but this is different than the pube razor because it's got different settings because, you know, signature beard look. you got to have different settings you can't just have two like the pube shaver which isn't what they call it but uh anyway so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code drew at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off free shipping at manscaped.com just use promo code drew manscaped beard hedger one stroke one guard 20 lengths sorry to jody foster and after you uh, finish getting all hot from Manscaped and you're online, go to nextevo.com. That's for Next Evo Naturals. Maybe you're stressed out. Maybe you're having trouble sleeping and you want to try out some CBDs. Well, they have the Stress CBD Complex. That's their new thing. Next Evo Naturals is the most clinically studied CBD brand, and they even have smart sorb technology. 
What is smart sorb technology? What is it? Well, it's going to help you get a better start to the year, right? Because that's what it says here. Um, but no, give give CBDs a chance. They 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 can work for you. Why not? We've tried them. They've knocked me out. They've put me to bed. Uh, so make CBD a part of reaching your full potential with the next Evo Naturals. Once again, nextevo.com slash podcast. Use promo code Drew. You can get 20% off your first order of 40 uh, bucks or more. Um, no, but we have used them. They're really good. So give them a shot. 20% off 40 bucks or more. nextevo.com slash Drew. So. Yeah. Yeah, lots of fun stuff to talk about. Well, uh, so Love Pamela, the book that is just shaking up the world, it's given Pam Anderson a reason to do the, you know, all these different interviews and talk about how uh, Sylvester Stallone it, wanted it, to nail her and buy a, her a car. Is it a book or is it the documentary? Or You're does right. She have fucking I, both. I apologize. It, it it's a memoir, and so I always thought it would be a book, but I'm I believe it's a memoir in video form. Well, you mentioned the Stallone thing. The Stallone thing to me is hilarious because she had, she was already pretty well known and she was, she had done playboy a few times. And I think it was, I think it was pre Baywatch, but she claims that Stallone came up to her and was like, I give you a condo and a push. It'd be my number one girl. It'd be my number one. And you're telling me, because according to Pam Anderson, this was her response, which I don't believe. She said, does that mean there's a number two? Uh Oh, do you think Pam Anderson Around 1990, would have thought that way if Stallone said, oh, "My number one." I have no idea. I don't I, fucking believe I, that. You're for my a, bottom bitch. I I would have thought she would just, you know, been a climber in general, right? Yeah, she was. She was that type. Yeah. And by the way, saying you want someone to be your number one—that's just a saying. It doesn't mean you have a number two and a number three. You don't have a batting order like Adam Duritz. I I don't. I can, can you picture Sylvester Stallone saying something? No. He just met her, supposedly. Well, then he followed that with, uh, this is the best offer you're going to get, honey. Yeah. In Hollywood now. <laughs> <laughs> I could kind of see him saying that. Well, the other big one is that uh, she's claiming on the set of Home Improvement that Tim Allen whipped his wiener out and showed her his... Now we're even! His wiener. Yeah, because he had seen her nude in Playboy. And so now they've come up with a clip where Tim Allen's wife, uh, in a live shooting, makes a joke about the thing hanging over his penis. I wish it was shorter. And he had a kilt. It was on. a kilt. Yeah. And he pulls it up. Yeah. He's wearing boxer shorts, though. Yeah, and her. So saying, but that's evidence that supports Pam Anderson. Well, because you can't see. Can you see that they're boxer shorts in the video? You can't see it in the yeah. video. No, no, but no. so people are just putting it out there, like, see. Which, you know, it's not the same again. thing. It doesn't mean he did Ooh. that to Pam Anderson without boxer shorts. There's no context. I don't believe he did it to Pam Anderson because she said it was on the first day of filming. Would he really flash the new actress on the first day of filming? I, I have no idea. Is he idea. standing I mean, nude in the hallway in his robe? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it's just how can anyone know? How can anyone possibly know? He says it absolutely didn't happen. She says it absolutely did. So how can anyone, I mean, these people who are, well, I'll prove it with this piece of video. Look, we did this live taping. <sighs> that is not proof that he did that to Pam Anderson without boxer shorts. And what's the point of telling us this? Are we supposed to be I don't know. mad at Tim Allen or is it books, more sympathy for her? Yeah, I guess we're supposed to feel sorry for her because everyone treated her like a, like a sex object. Did you watch her on CBS Sunday Morning, the interview? Oh, is it a good interview? I didn't see no, it. I meant to watch it. I felt like it was very annoying. And, you know, look. She, I, can, I have to say, I can't stand her voice. I cannot stand hearing her talk. I don't know why. I can, well, let's play a little bit of it.
pull it up. But, you know, she... Maybe I'm being unfair. She had a lot of trauma. I mean, that's been pretty well documented, right? Hasn't it? I, I mean, from I've, her. But to be <laughs> honest, the whole business that your sex tape gets stolen and it can no, legally, someone I'm, can I'm, legally I'm, put it out there. She was abused. I'm when talking about when she was a kid. Okay. I, I mean, well, there's no way to prove her. <laughs> but who wants to be the asshole to question you know, that? I, I got to tell you, I'm just don't understand this idea that, you know, leading with trauma, like, I need everyone, I. I I need everyone to listen to me, so I'm going to talk about the worst thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. I don't. I just feel like it's just, it just creates clicks. I, people are obsessed with trauma right now, and I don't understand. People will bring up something that is so of a minor trauma, and then someone else brings up, "I was raped when I was three. <laughs> and we're supposed to sort of feel the same way about them, like, "Oh my God, please help this person." And I, I don't, I don't even know why. Because the idea is not saying it to say that, you know, it's a real thing. We know it's a real thing. I mean, we've really been down this path for a while, haven't we? Yes. Uh-huh. These people on The Bachelor, which is a really stupid example, but it's like a lot of shows and what people talk about dating apps is that you go on your first date with someone and they're telling you all the most horrible things that ever happened and everyone's saying, oh my God, thanks for being so vulnerable. <laughs> Just like Megan says, oh, it means be more vulnerable. Uh-huh. And so you got these these guys doing it and I personally I just don't understand I don't know what is the other person supposed to do they're supposed to understand your trauma oh he's been through a lot of trauma I've got to be very careful around him that was a lot of leeway to do whatever you want (laughs) right I I don't I don't know he's been through a lot of trauma I, I, I really honestly in watching especially watching Intervention so many times for so long in 300 episodes or whatever and seeing what these people who become addicted to drugs have in common, which is many things, and one of them is molestation, yeah. is so fucking commonplace. And so many people say individually, irrespective of each other, that I really wanted to numb out this part of my life. Sure. And, you know, I used heroin or whatever, or pills, or, I mean, that's very commonplace. And I feel like I cannot believe how light we go on these molesting adults of children. When we see the damage yeah. it causes people, I mean that's a real thing. I totally am I, I sympathetic this, and believe in that. I will say this: molestation is different than just abuse, too. A lot of times, and I feel like the definition of abuse has widened. Oh yeah, like no, my parents are mean to me, so I was abused. Yeah, or you know, somebody tried to feel my boob and I didn't want him to. Yeah, I mean, you're, be, be careful. You're treading in mad demon territory. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, he got canceled. Yes, for that, for saying there's different levels. Well, um, there just are. Yeah. So here, uh, let's see how much. Let's see how much of this you can take. And by the way, when Matt Damon, that whole thing, that's just a that's just fucking people on Twitter. Yeah, Most no, people n- understood and said, "Yeah, that's really smart." What he said, it makes sense. Yeah. And Brandon, it is a book and a documentary. And the Netflix companion documentary drop at the end of the month. I'm writing my book. This documentary is coming out. Then I can put all of this behind Good. me. Good. Then go all away. Of this. Is an often harrowing tale. Yeah, if you I make imagine. some money on it. An harrowing. That's the other thing is is people making money off their trauma. Their trauma. Yeah, it's wow. not it's it's not to help anyone. If she was getting paid for this, would she do it? In fairness, in fairness to that, I mean, money does heal a lot of trauma for yeah, a lot that's of people. True. You almost had that conversation with yourself. If I'm going to do this, I got to write honestly. You have to write the full picture. Which meant describing a childhood shaped. So by she described trauma. the trauma that There's she scene put on people too. No, no, no. Your father 
is holding your mother's head to the stove and mm -hmm. you punch your father in the face. Mm -hmm. These were pivotal moments for me. She was failed by so many who kids count on. I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but I'll be that guy. Friends are counted, please. It doesn't seem very likely that she went up and punched. I mean, she was a child, like seven or eight. I don't know. Has her father commented on this or her mother? I don't know. Feel safe. Her father. I was told not to bring the kittens into the house. And I had my kittens in the house. And so he ended up putting them in a paper bag and running down to the beach with me, screaming after him. And he drowned the kittens. How old? Now, once again, I don't want to be that guy, but paper bag in the water? Am I nitpicking here? I, I don't know. I mean, the guy sounds like an asshole. That's really fucking horrible. Yeah. If it happened. Uh, probably six or seven. The babysitter, she says, sexually abused her. That I believe. A female predator. That was tough to understand. How did that shape you? Well... It made me trust people. The question is he's, he's, he's less so ridiculous less. in this. She also writes vivid accounts Did that of make being raped at 12 <laughs> and again at 14. The whole yeah, point she's is she's not keeping those Yikes. secrets or those things buried. Amid well, see, all that awful. horror was a small stroke so doing a of documentary good is the way to solve it. Hired by a beer company to model after she was spotted at a football game in one of their t-shirts... Lucky break became life changer. <laughs> yeah, Playboy Hefner doesn't seem like the a place for someone that went through all that. Zach, thank you. Okay. Next thing she knew, they had a big picture she of was on a plane to L.A. When the opportunity arose, you must have grabbed it because you could get out of this place where there were so many bad memories. Oh, we, we yes, have put words in. It's a really great me. place to you go know, for that. You're not an extension of the small town. Hollywood, you're not an extension yeah. of your parents. You're a brand new light given to this planet to do whatever you want with. Huh? In the venture, I wasn't afraid of it. I said, let's just go. Let's see where it takes me. Within months in 1989, she was on the first of 14 covers of Playboy. Jesus. It's, You're right. it's a lot like Jessica Hahn when she was right by Jim so Baker. Young. She went and did Playboy. Playboy was an opportunity so it's pretty normal. for you it's empowering. to take your sexuality back. Yes. With a vengeance. Oh, it's textbook if you want to get into some psychology. But it's no, I don't. Facing it and dealing with it in my own way. I, I couldn't I listen to her voice. Her way I included an impulsive marriage to Tommy Lee after knowing him for just four days. Her lurch <laughs> they didn't even have the same birthday. turned a bad boy rocker into her own And he was mean to her, too. Tommy and I fell in love. It felt like this really safe place. He would arrive at the house on a horse with covered, you know, in full night gear it's on. Cause night he just, it's because he just started banging you. Because that's realistic, right? <laughs> that means that's that's always going to last. Check it out, I got a horse! <laughs> that, that's always going to last. He's going to do that well into your relationship. I'm going to show you my dick! I'm going to see your dick! <laughs> what the fuck is wrong? Read a scroll to me, which is so hyper-hyped to me. But it felt good. It felt like, oh my gosh, this is what it's all about. This is true love. It was so romantic. It was so over the top. But that's but not I a foundation would... for sustainable exactly. love. Exactly, no, that's what I said. not a foundation for sustainable love. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I haven't figured that out. You certainly have tried. <laughs> she may have been trying to buffer pain with a fairy tale, but there would be no happily ever after. After being with Tommy, after that... There's a part coming up that's really going to piss you off because it pissed me off. Tape was stolen. Ah, yes. That tape. The one she and Tommy made on their honeymoon. It was stolen from their safe. Their intimate moments turned into a yeah, Tommy center a contract for others. <laughs> what do you want people to understand about it? That it was stolen property, that it was two crazily naked people in love. I mean, we were naked all the time and filming each other and being silly, but those tapes were not meant for anybody else to see. 
and I've not seen it to this day. It was very hurtful. I love you, Pam. I've been a fan of yours for so long, but I gotta say, watching you in that sex tape was like a whole new experience <laughs> for me. Uh, because up until then, I'd never seen anyone get gonorrhea before. <laughs> she became a painful cultural punch. Now that's what pissed me off. They're making Greg Giraldo look like the bad guy for roasting her. She, she chose... was a subject of a roast. Yeah, she chose to be there. That's so ridiculous. It was attention. That's right. Miss Anderson is an actress, a model, a writer, a producer. I think for a while she was a hooker. And she still has time to Tommy Lee's on a yacht in St. Bart's. <laughs> Her marriage to Tommy Lee wouldn't survive. Neither would five others that came after. Whoa. She was barely keeping it together, focusing on the two young sons she had with Lee. Brilliant. I was a mother. Great mom. That saved me. You know, if I wasn't a mom, I don't think I would have survived. Pamela Anderson knew she had some work to do. To actually dig into those moments, those things we suppress and repress, and I needed to do this. I and to... do it alone. Are you all done falling in love? I <laughs> don't know. Right now, it's really good for me to be alone for the first time. <laughs> you know, I'm usually, people are in and out of my life or people come into my life. And I thought, you know, I should be married within a year. The common denominator in all these relationships. To this is reporter. Me. So I need to. Work Somebody, on that. I predict they have a lot of money. The demons, she traveled back to where <laughs> she'd first confronted Bill them, Gates. Back home to the isolation of Ladysmith. That'd be great this if Bill Gates started dating her. That'd be cool. And I knew I kind of had work. to retrace my steps as a kid. And it was very visual. Could you listen to that voice? No, um, no, no, no. Very therapeutic to be home. There was a lot of anger. I felt volcanic. I just was, this rage was coming out of me. And I thought, whoa, 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 where's that coming from? But just little by little, I started getting stronger and stronger. Huh? Last year, she decided it was time for the next stage of her healing. You want to know something? Yeah. I always wanted my name in the papers. One that would take place 3,000 miles from her home in Canada on Broadway. The name on everybody's lips is gonna be... <laughs> Playing Roxy Hart, the femme fatale in the musical Chicago, to some surprisingly good reviews. It's good. Yeah, that, that just shows how uh, expectations were really, really about. low. I need to know that I'm good at something, that I have some talent. Uh, we've, all seen the, we've all seen the video. You got plenty of talent. look very good in that. Uh, no, yeah. No, that, you, mean the, you mean this part right there? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Mm. I'm glad she's happy. Is that the end? You want to hear more? Uh, I'm just interested in what <laughs> she's blabbing about. Just outside about. the stage door. Pamela Anderson, at the age of 55, found just what she needed. I felt rooted Adoration. for, which was a different feeling than I felt before. The perfect feeling to bring back home with her. I feel like I've left here, did something crazy, and came back home in one piece. Where her pain is rooted, and now well, so is her healing. Aww. I don't know what I'm capable of. I still don't know, but I think that was the beginning. All the rest of it, Kibble a lot. it's, you know, behind me. I feel like I'm in a really good place. Sounds like a nice life. It's nice. And look around me. I'm very blessed. Oh, so everything is happy at the end. Yeah, everything's great. So she went through all her trauma, and then she um, she got really mad. She's a volcano, and she's now she's really strong, and she doesn't know what she's capable of, so her best years are ahead of her. She said walking out of Chicago, she felt rooted for Were people rooting against her? No, I don't. I think no, you're I don't think so. Fun with it and laughing at her, but 
I, I don't know. I thought she was pretty generally loved. And by the way, she was very successful, too. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, my understanding is that the last 10 years or so, she's really been hustling for money. Well, yeah. She's remember she had the garage broker. sale? Yeah, that was a bummer. She was running out her house, too, and staying in another smaller house. She had a cameo on the hills. <laughs> oh, my God. Her son is so soft. Oh, God. It's because she raised him. I know, and he has so much trauma, too, because he saw Tommy doing mean stuff. That's why he punched him at 2 in the morning. Yeah, he knocked him out. Um, I, I, her kid was so weird. I did not expect her kid to be like that at all. And I was... It was it was definitely a hate watch watching the Hills reboot, which it what is that one year or yeah. did last two seasons even? It was so stupid. Nobody cares about this. Boy, people. that'd be really tough being the kid of Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee. I agree. Although you know he's you know he's living in a multi million dollar house. Yeah, tons of money, he's doing yeah. okay. He's the, he's the model. Actually, I think they're mm-hmm. both models. Of course. Yeah, yeah. They do like dual modeling together, where it's like we're brothers and we're shirtless and we're together. Oh, just like those basketball uh, chicks on Instagram. Exactly, just like those yeah. two girls I, from the Miami basketball. Yeah. I did uh, get the impression, though, that there were a lot of people in the modeling world who felt it was kind of a Nepo baby situation. Oh, like Beckham? Yeah. There's, I can't remember He's what... He's got a new career, by the way, the Beckham brat. Yeah, what, you Nepo mean baby. besides his, his cooking show? Yeah, he's moved on from cooking. Is it he fashion? had a, I love how the uh, yes. Wait, is he model? No, he's already been a model. I love how the Daily Mail will put out an article every time he puts out a new cooking thing, <laughs> ripping it apart <laughs> like the stupid roast beef that he made. Yes, it was so undercooked. Well, their new was, story was how he ordered carry out. I thought he was a chef. He got a. I guess he got a couple modeling jobs that paid him a lot of money. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's like 21. He's David Beckham's kid, which is why he got a modeling job. And then he wasn't a very good model. I mean, I guess he wasn't very dedicated to the craft. I'm shocked. And so I think the interest in him in that regard died pretty fast. Yeah. And so he, he did something else. I forgot what he announced his new career was, but that didn't last no, and he was then, a photographer for a while. He was a photographer. And, and then, then a chef. And then I want to say that he was getting into fashion. Like he was, and I know he'd modeled in the past, but this time actually putting together that his the, new thing? the ensemble of the outfit. And oh, all that okay. Bullshit. Like Kanye. He doesn't need to work. His wife is a yeah. billionaire and his right. parents are multimillionaires. Just don't have a job. And uh, why were the parents battling? I heard the parents of his bride and. We're, we're battling about something in regards to the yeah, wedding or something stupid. His mom hates his wife. Yeah, and Nicole, the parents were Nicola mad at Peltz. each other, too. Um, it was so stupid. But anyway, the cooking thing, what happened was, okay, he's a really, really rich, you know, Nepo baby uh-huh. at like 23. And so he decides that he's going to be a celebrity chef. Yep. And he hires someone who's you know he says i want the best quality show and and they hired like a crew of a hundred people to put on a cooking show where he made sandwiches it cost a hundred thousand an episode Mm -hmm. and and you know naturally the cooking world was just disgusted by it and just laughed uproariously at it and i guess kind of everybody else did too and so that's already over and now yeah i just saw he has a new career maybe it must be his fashion career yeah it's this one right here brooklyn beckham has is being brutally mocked as he unveils his latest career as a fashion stylist. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Yeah. And so he's like, here, this is my outfit that I put on, on Nicola. And- well, so he's going to have make-believe careers pretty much for his entire life because he doesn't need to work 
because her her parents are billion multi billionaires. Yeah. And so he just has to be pretending to do something so he has somewhere to go every day, pretty much. Yeah. Really, because yeah. I don't think he. It's, uh, well, I mean, to that point, the criticism is that he doesn't really have any dedication or follow through to anything. He just has wild ideas and he wants to start at the top well, the and perfect, it doesn't work. The perfect gig then would be because um, they need a write off. Can he just run some bullshit charity? Yeah, that's what he should do. <laughs> and then he can go into a, a, a large office, be overpaid. Um, I think he likes being on. I think he likes being the star of the show, though. Somehow, I, you know, I just I was just googling um, his name and cooking show because I wanted to see it, and apparently he was on James Corden cooking fucking food. Yeah, like it's a real thing. Well, you know what people? There's this period of time where people will be interested in booking David Beckham's kid, <laughs> but you know that's not going to last long. I don't think. I don't know. It has uh, 578,000 views. I'm sure the comments are really nice. Uh, let's see. There must be many talented young chefs who have undergone years at catering college and worked their way through the restaurant hierarchy that would be more worthy of a career as a TV chef. That's, That's the a top. good point. This guy, he well, could have yeah. really started on like the line at McDonald's or something. No, he wants to be a celebrity chef. And having just watched Go Charlie Go, which is a documentary about a high school classmate of mine, um, what's Charlie's last name? <laughs> Shit, he was a gym. He was on the gymnastics team in high school. He was kind of a just guy who kind of kept to himself, but he was a good gymnast. I remember that. And then I didn't even know he had become a celebrity chef. It's weird. He was he was really one of the biggest celebrity chefs in the world, and he had this restaurant in Chicago that people would fly in to go to. And is it Love these... Charlie? The rise and fall of Charlie Trotter? Charlie Trotter, yes. Might have been in my advisory now that I think about it. But anyway, Charlie, um, which I was always late to, advisory was your like homeroom, and you would get there at 8.15 every morning, and I lived right next to the school, and I was always late. <laughs> it seems like I have so much time. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. <laughs> I totally understand. Well, I always go, how can you be late? <laughs> that happens to me all the time. I'm like, okay, it takes me 15 minutes to get there. I never account for the 10 minutes of me getting to my car. Yeah, getting out of the car, means parking, getting all my shit together in the house. Yeah, the fact that you can't go, you can't go a mile time. in a minute when you're driving in the suburbs and stuff like that. I always get in the car. And I'm like, wait, where'd that last ten minutes go? What took me so long? But Charlie, Charlie worked at restaurants in San Francisco, in Europe, and all these places. I mean, he had this incredible uh, intern-like period where he learned. You know, from all these other chefs, some of whom were great and some of whom were mediocre and some of whom were good yeah. and developed his own style. And, I mean, he didn't hit it as a celebrity chef till he was like 35 years old. Well, same thing with Anthony Bourdain. I mean, there's photos of him working in restaurants, you know, when he's in his teens and his 20s and his 30s. And I don't think he really got popular until he was, you know, 40s. So it's, well, and it's, then he wrote that book. I mean, the, the book is Kitchen Confidential, what really launched him. But, I mean, the Beckham thing is, it's so offensive. It's so normal now that someone goes, I have a big platform, so I'm a celebrity chef now. Sure. I'm a chef. And all these chefs who've been doing it for 30 or 40 years, can you imagine how stupid they feel? Yeah. I mean, how fucking yeah, what, irritating what of, that would be? What a bunch be? of suckers. Why weren't they born to David Beckham? But I, I'm convinced that people are going to do this with architecture eventually. Kim Kardashian going, oh, I'm an architect now. And they go, oh, well, will you design uh, the new city hall for Los Angeles? Oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> hmm. And all these people who have been doing it, what the fuck? 
<laughs> just happening yeah, all over. That's the way it well, works. What happened when Brad Pitt said he was an architect? He got that big job in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and he built shitty houses. Yeah, but he had architecture books on his coffee table, That's Drew, right. so he was studying. Jennifer Aniston said that. He was studying. <laughs> he did a great this job, too. platform business. Uh, you know, like the girl said, you're nothing without your following. <laughs> if you have a following, you can do anything. Uh, so today I, I heard a lot of excuse making for Beyonce. Oh, really? More? Yeah, Beyonce, apparently it's not a big deal th- yeah. because Beyonce did it. <laughs> and she's just making money. She's just taking her money. Just getting paid. Like everybody else that plays in Dubai or whatever. And uh, you, you're not supposed to get mad at her. And her parents are really pissed at the people who are calling her out. <laughs> I got to say, Beyonce's uh, best defense is always a good offense, right? Doesn't always she, happen. No, she's her. just so beautiful and she sings so well that uh, when she, she does like something excuses. wrong, it's not wrong. Yeah. Just like when Elton John played Dubai and Lady Gaga played Dubai. They love gay people, so you can't criticize them. El- but, Elton John played Dubai? Yes. Yeah. And Gaga? And Lady Gaga. There's a whole list of people who played Dubai. <laughs> yeah, Bieber did. Bieber played Saudi Arabia. Oh, Actually, you're right. right after the big. Wow. You're Khashoggi right. thing. I get I get uh, Saudi Arabia and Dubai mixed up. Sorry. Yeah, it's not hard. I'm a racist. Well, I got Qatar mixed up with Dubai yesterday, and that yeah, that was UAE. David Beckham. He's no longer kicking soccer balls really well, so people got really mad at him. But if he'd been still scoring lots of goals, they would have said, "Oh, it's David Beckham. It's okay." I don't know if they would still say that. Well, they wouldn't have been as harsh as they were. I mean, he really took a lot of shit for that. But if you know, because people don't like it. If you're on top, you can do anything. If you're not on top, then people will will try and destroy you over it. Like, uh, I mean, if you think of all those meat people that got me too, the list was so long. And some people, it was like, yeah, whatever. And other people was like, that's the end of you. <laughs> I mean, really, it was. I mean, it's 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 plain as day. Look at Chris Noth. Yeah. Chris Noth. He's not. He's no longer. He's done. Peak swordsman of of Sex and the City days, and so it's like. Yeah, people said you were really, uh, really aggressive, and that's the end of you. Aziz Ansari, uh, Al Franken, Al Franken. I feel like one. Al Franken canceled himself. Brett Kavanaugh, Morgan Freeman, Ryan Seacrest even got in there. Remember? Kavanaugh's yeah, like but canceled. Ryan Seacrest owns a lot of stuff, and he owns a lot of shows, yeah. and he's got the Kardashians, and so Franco and yeah, Franco's done so many good movies. Dust- Dustin Hoffman. Although Franco, no wait. What happened to Franco? Is he making he, movies? I now? thought he was making like his first movie. Yeah, I think he's there. he's making his comeback soon. So he had to take a few work years off to do the work. <laughs> do the which, work. Which his work was throwing away all his pins. Nice comeback! Because <laughs> if it wasn't for the fucking pin, he never would have been busted. What does a guy like James Franco do, by the way? Because he's, what is he, he's like 40 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Every 44. young chick wants him. Mm-hmm. He wants them. And so he's going to teach his brain to not want younger chicks. Well, and to no, treat them on be on equal ground with women that he approaches. I think it's more about he, people will just fall over for him over and over and over and over and over. I think it's more how he approaches them. Remember the one Instagram chick he went after that was what seventeen? And, yeah, and, and the one chick in the car. Yeah. right. So yeah. not do it publicly on social media, Pretty much, and just do it privately and have people sign NDAs. Uh, make, make sure it's consensual. Yeah. The last thing he did was in. What, was, the, what did he do? It wasn't consensual. It was his sex scene class, I guess. That yeah, was not that, consensual. Wasn't, wasn't there something about a forced blowjob? Which once again, that just seems odd. A well, who was the? the oh yeah, that was with a girlfriend. In the car, yeah, yeah. Ali Sheedy is that her name? Yeah, yeah she she complained Sheedy. about somebody. It was Franco, I believe. 
Now, he hasn't done anything. She's way too old for him. 2019, but now he has two movies that are in post-production, The Long Home and Kill the Czar. So he should be making his comeback, and it's been four or five years now. Okay. Well, good for him. I'm sure he's done the work. Sure he's worked really hard. I'm back! Uh, let's see. Oh, T.J. Holmes news? Is there some T.J. Holmes news today? Well, the only news is that Amy Robach has been stunned by all the accusations <laughs> against Holmes. <laughs> and to which I'm like, really? Cause I, I don't believe that. You did what you know, all these other women did. Uh-huh. You think you're the only one? Uh, she Remember, she helped the last one recover from her hurt. That's right, yeah. And she should have known about the other one because she worked there. And the other one was before her. So I think Amy Roback is maybe going, gee, I don't know if this is worth it. I'm just reading about the section of James Franco's Wikipedia sexual misconduct accusations, right? That, that, this, this one sentence is in this section. In her 2018 memoir, Busy Phillips put forth an account in which Franco screamed at her before shoving her to the ground at the set of Freaks and Geeks. Oh, when he was a kid. Yeah, but should that really be in his sexual misconduct accusations? No. Because it's also Busy Phillips? <laughs> Busy Phillips. Who's, uh, it's not Busy Phillips. I get Busy Phillips. Uh, is it Bijou? Who's Bijou? Is it Bijou Phillips? Who's married to Danny Masterson? Bijou Phillips. Bijou Phillips, okay. Yeah. Uh, Danny Masterson, is that thing, did, was that a hung jury? He pretty much, he won. He's going to win. And they're going to retry him, from what I understand. That doesn't they? mean they'll win, but yeah. Um, I don't know. It'd have to be after Tom Cruise shows up for the Oscars. It's one of these really tricky things where they know what happened and they want to find him guilty and it's very hard to give up after one try. I'm trying to think of what the case is. They've just been through the second hung jury and I think it's a murder case. Hmm. And they were kind of like, God, I want to say it was on 48 hours of Dateline or something. But but they were really struggling when they said, no, we know. Oh, it's the 16th, the guy that murdered his parents when he was 16 in Atlanta and he claimed that someone ran out of the house but they've got all these alarms and they said no no one came or left the house it's bullshit and then they got new technology and found out that his phone light was on from a oh, certain yeah. period on which made sense because he'd been walking through the dark and yep, I remember that now, and he yeah. was sh the <clears throat> parents were shot with the father's gun which no one else knew where it was except for the 16 year old and now he's 21, I think. He's got a kid, and he's had two hung juries in a row. Huh. Yeah, and they sound like they really want to try that case again. They're like, no, he fucking did it. A.J. Armstrong? That's him. Is he related to B.J. Armstrong? I wonder if there's anything on that uh, third trial, or if they have decided. They sound Houston, like they not, really... not Atlanta. Houston, okay. Is there anything on the third trial? Doesn't look like it. He's got a, he's got a baby, or I think he's got a second baby now. So he's a father. Hey, oh, breaking uh, news: uh, Greer from The Bachelor has apologized. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Maybe she can show up on Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know though. She got sent home before the first rose ceremony, so I don't know. Oh no, she was no, she was no, selected. She, she got the first impression rose. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was thinking of the other chick that was crying. She wants to apologize to those I have hurt, especially those within the black community. She must make it. For yeah, her. but no one would have been hurt if if it hadn't been brought to. Everyone's attention when she was on The Bachelor. So they took the worst thing she did when nobody knew her and put it in front of everyone when more people know her. 
the most people that'll ever know her. Oh, know the, her. now this story adds a little more context too. The person who wore the blackface was her friend, so she's really just defending her friend. She's like Chris it's Harrison. Tw- she defended 20, a racist in 2016. She def- is her friend in trouble? No, 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 no. Well, but I mean, she then, wore the blackface. Then she was in 2016. She's able to move on, <laughs> and no one knows her friend. No. So there's no point in calling her out. No. <laughs> Well, wait, can't we just take her job away? Can't we call her boss and point out to her boss? I'm sure somebody has, Drew. Someone's already called her boss, whoever this lady is. So stupid. Uh, Give us five stars on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere they rate the Drew and Mike show because it really helps. It makes us feel good, too. Although, so somebody gave us five stars and and just gave Trudy unholy hell about coughing on the microphone. Oh, God. I think it might have been a repeat. But we're, uh, you can you can rate us in a lot of places, like iTunes and Spotify and Podcast Addict or uh, Stitcher or whatever it might be. And, You're saying yeah. they put a Podcast Addict in the house? Uh, no, it's not a Podcast Addict in the house. No, Larry. Come on, he's an addict. Everyone knows he's an addict. I'm lost. <laughs> so, doesn't he end it with, I'm lost? Yeah, he does. And, of course, our Amazon portal is great because they kick us back a little bit for every Amazon purchase you make. And our donate bar, you can donate on a one-time or a monthly basis, which uh, a lot of people throw us five bucks a month or something, and it adds up and it helps. Yes, thank you. And then um, our show is uh, presented by Hall Financial, where they're doing a lot of refining as interest rates have been moving in the right direction for a change, but they still in the credit cards. Oh, my God, up in the 20s. It's nuts. So you don't want to be paying the minimum on your credit cards, especially if you own a home, because that gives you options. You can take cash out, use the equity in your home to pay off high interest credit card debt or whatever it is you want to do. If you need liquidity, call Hall Financial, 866-CALL-HALL, or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. And uh, thanks to Carl for Moody's podcasts. And we'll see you tomorrow. That is such a good point. I've got what my mum left me. Isn't that all so interesting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>